Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
folks. Thank you again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. I uh, thought I'd play the whole song tonight. Uh, I know a lot of folks like that, so I wanted to uh, go ahead and let you listen to all of it. We used to do that in the beginning of the show. Uh, we don't do it a lot, but every once in a while we'll go ahead and play it out. Uh, now, tonight uh, we're going to be discussing and looking into the health of Hillary Clinton. Uh, the, uh, new reports uh, that are starting to come out uh, and bringing up old accounts of uh, health issues that Hillary Clinton has throughout the years, uh, including uh, falls, stumbles, concussions, uh, blood clots, things of that nature. And they may be coming to the fore uh, with the different pressures, of course, of running for uh, the presidency uh, can bear. Uh, and we'll see what, what happens from there. Uh, I'd say that we'll talk more about the debates. Oh, when they come up, it uh, looks like that they're looking to schedule three of them, and perhaps this will, you know, come out more in the debates when she sees the pressure. Now, she did have uh, the debates with Bernie Sanders, and, you know, we didn't see anything, uh, at least I didn't. I mean, I watched some of the debates and didn't see anything of what we've seen in some of the videos that I've got to share here uh, on the uh, Blog Talk Radio page here. Uh, with the different websites, uh, different videos you can see. Uh, one of her, uh, we'll go each by one, one of her freezing, and then a possible seizure she has. And then, of course, uh, we've been hearing more about her coughing fits and others. Uh, so we will uh, discuss that. And, of course, uh, you can watch his videos, whether you're doing it now or doing it through uh, the podcast, the free podcast. Uh, then you can send me a message by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can go to the contact page and send me a message. You can also make some posts on the Bards Logic Political Talk well, page on Facebook, and you can make it there. And so uh, definitely check it out. And we've got a couple of articles, and if you'd like to chime in uh, to the night show, give us a call at 347 nine four five seven four two eight and when you're ready to chime in just uh push the one on the number dial and i'll make sure that uh we get you into the show uh and so as i said uh, check out the videos uh later on and then send me a message on what you think or if you've had any other experiences of hillary clinton and her possible health conditions uh definitely send me uh, some links uh some videos things of that nature uh because with things being as they are, uh, we need to find whatever chinks we can, even if, in my opinion, have to use uh, Hillary Clinton's health, uh, if it is indeed in trouble, to get through that chink of armor that she's going to have called the mainstream media. And the first article uh, I will go to uh, is actually going to be from the Washington Times, and I think this could set up a you know, discussion as well. Uh, this is from their analysis and opinion page. And it says, the health of a prospective president is one of the most important issues of any campaign. But whether to ask hard questions about a candidate is usually a matter of whose prospective president and whose health. 
when the prospective president is a Democrat, the media only sends candies, flowers, and best wishes. It says, ours is a curious campaign, and the precedents set in the coverage of it are dark and dangerous because they're likely to be long-lasting. Objectivity, honored, is sometimes only in the breach for more than a century, is regarded this year as no longer necessary because going after Donald Trump is not only legitimate but morally righteous. Of course, this is coming from the Washington Times. It says, if you're a reporter or a pundit and believe Mr. Trump is evil or at least bad, you have to throw out the textbook American journalism, and this could be also part of our discussion tonight uh, about, about the journalists not being impartial. Now, we always knew that they weren't. But now it sounds like through this article that it does mention uh, about her health. In this article, we will uh, see that. But also what's deeper to look into in this article is what the media is, you know, basically going to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to covering Donald Trump uh, and not being or even showing any hints of being impartial, uh, which supposedly uh, if you're a journalist – and not a commentator, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, so I'll continue. It says, if you're a reporter or pundit and believe that Mr. Trump is evil or at least bad, you have to throw out the textbook American journalism has been using for the better part of the past half century, if not longer, and approach it in a way you've approached anything in your career. Jim Rutenberg, the mediator at the New York Times, wrote Monday, if you're a Trump, if you view a Trump presidency as something that's potentially dangerous, then your reporting is going to reflect that. Thus, partisan opinion officially becomes fact and only news, in quotes, that fits the print. It was a moment to mourn objectivity, which newspapers have held high for what seems like forever. R.I.P. The latest contretemps is over the health, here we go, of Hillary Clinton and whether there should be any discussion of it, and if so, how, and who should do the discussing? For stumbling, fainting, severe coughing, and moments of odd behavior on the campaign have been much talked about by the reporters following her, but this knowledge was veiled in a discreet silence until now. The Drudge Report, which everybody on the bus reads as an early take of the news of the world, led Monday with an inventory of her mis- health missteps and photographs of photographs of her being helped up the steps of a private house cut up by several aides. The clearly clearly intended question posed is whether the Democratic nominee is ailing, and if so, how. Carol Costello, a news hostess of CNN, observed that the Drudge item had been up all weekend and asked a Trump aide, will Donald Trump go there? The question would once have been bizarre for a journalist, even a television journalist. The question would have been, would would reporters go there? And if not, why not? Going there is what a reporter is paid to do to see whether the story there, and if not, to say so. Say so loud and clear. Instead, Ms. Costello, who was neither a physician nor has she examined Hillary Clinton's health, acknowledged the health episodes but assured her viewers she has totally recovered. She did not say how she knows that. The Drudge Report cited four health episodes. Over the years, Hillary has campaigned for president, needing assistance climbing stairs this year, a blood clot on her brain in 2012, a fall while boarding an airplane in 2011, and a fall on her way to the White House in 2009. 
one of the accompanying photographs by Reuters, show, uh, Reuters shows her losing her balance while touring a substance abuse center in South Carolina, or Charleston, South Carolina. You know, maybe she was on that. I, I, I add that up there. Uh, it says, some though of the incidents taken in a single episode appears to a layman's eyes to be symptoms of something to take her out of the campaign. Now, if Dr. Costello of CNN says she's totally covered, we can all be glad that and wish her good health, if not too much happiness, on the way to November 8th. But the incident and the media anger have, at having been caught out not doing its job should be a caution for correspondents, editors, and others in the media. We've been here before. John F. Kennedy asked by Lyndon Johnson in 1960 whether he suffered from Addison's disease, debilitating a function of lacrimal glands. The glands produce key regulatory hormones, and the hormones cannot be sufficiently placed by synthetics. And it goes on, blah, 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 talking about that. And so, you know, at least the Washington Times does bring it up, but it also brings up an important point of what the mainstream media is going to do, or maybe better yet, not do. Uh, in the sense of her health. And so one of the things we're looking at, and, we, you know, you can watch the videos later, is Hillary Clinton at a rally of sorts where there's um, – it looks like Bernie Sanders uh, supporters there who are uh, protesting. And you can see in the video she's, like, stunned in fear. And then actually had someone who some speculate was not, even though it appears to be a Secret Service, indeed is not, and actually is one of her close staffers because some report that uh, she does not like the Secret Service touching her. And so this may have been very well been one of her personal staff or maybe even a doctor, and some are even reporting that she – and we'll have an article on that later uh, – or the, he, I should say – uh, may have had an EpiPen of diazepam, uh, which, uh, to my understanding, is Valium, <laughs> present-day Valium. And so also, you know, let's take a look at the videos of that. And also, of course, the really weird facial expressions when she had a bunch of reporters in front of her that she tried to chalk up as a brain freeze. Uh, so I, I do see some callers push the one on your number dial when you're ready to get in and see if you've seen these videos even prior to tonight. And let me know what you think. Uh, you know, this is a, a pretty much new story uh, coming out, so I would like to have gotten some kind of medical expert on. Uh, but unfortunately, at this point, uh, it has been that long of a story. Have not. I've actually even been looking to find articles of, you know, experts. And I did see a video from Fox News uh, that you know, has their medical people on there. But, you know, I, I'm trying to find something that would be considered impartial and not from Fox News uh, on there. So, of course, you know, cause I, I was actually having – I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, uh, but I was actually talking to some friends and gave them kind of a, a little dossier on Hillary Clinton. And one of the – we were at dinner, and one of my friends said, well, I bet, you know, she said, well, I bet you got all those, you know, articles and stuff from Fox News. And I said, well, of course not, because if I gave you a bunch of articles from Fox News and, all, you know, supposedly right-wing uh, – you know, websites uh, and sources, you would never believe it. So, you know, I supplied them uh, with links from you know, Washington Post, New York Times, who actually probably somewhere buried there uh, had a story. And so anyway, getting back to uh, the seizure, or what some are calling a seizure with the weird facial expressions, even surprises 
and you, I don't know if you see it in this video, but there will be others you can find out there. Uh, the reporters around her were head bobbling like a bobblehead. Eyes are wide. It's actually kind of freaky. Um, and then, uh, the, of course, in those coughing fits, and I've seen a picture, which I don't have uh, posted, of a hole in her tongue. Uh, but, that, I mean, that could have just been a, a weird uh, take of a picture, not very clear, where it might, might have actually been a lozenge instead of a hole. I, I don't know. It's been reported as a hole in her tongue. But. So, we, you know, definitely got these health issues. You know, of course, uh, we mentioned earlier uh, on the article that, you know, she did have blood clots. Maybe some of those are coming back to the fore, you know, when she's under pressure. Uh, as I said earlier, though, that, I mean, she did get through the, the debates with Bernie Sanders. She did get through the Democrat debates. Uh, maybe the pressure would be different during a Trump debate. So maybe this sounds callous to say that, but maybe, it, you know, they have the debates and, Somebody even saying, oh, Trump's not going to have them. Trump have the debates. Because if she really is, can't stand the, the pressure, I, I can see, well, I guess I could, you know, see other people. But I can imagine Trump, you know, putting enough pressure on her that might activate one of these episodes and, and show the world, you know, if, if Hillary Clinton is indeed uh, having some physical ailments. And so we'll have to wait to see how that uh, pans out. Uh, on that, and so we'll, you know, wait for those debates. We don't have the dates of them yet, but once we do, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have them covered on there. And so let's uh, do that and see there. Now, let's see. Checking my posts here on Facebook because people send me stuff all the time while I'm on here. Yep, and this one is from. Connie, if I can get the computer to go. Okay, now I should just make any comments about sharing the post here on Facebook. Uh, let's see here. But anyway, but we'll see uh, on that. And well, see you also, Carolyn, in the chat. And so we want to welcome you uh, to the show. But like to have anything on the air, uh, just type it there. Unless you'd like to call in at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Uh, and then we've got, uh, looks like we have Jim on the line. So, Jim, and, uh, you're ready to come in. Just push the one on your number dial. And then, uh, besides this topic, you have some other things uh, you'd like to discuss. Of course, we had uh, Jim on uh, last week as well, talking about voter fraud and how Donald Trump can avoid uh, the voter fraud. Uh, we're talking about manipulation probably more than fraud when it's coming to the machine. So if you want to hear more about that, definitely check out our show, uh, The Link. It's a free podcast uh, for you. You can also uh, send it out to people, as I do, uh, through uh, Facebook. Uh, if you're a Twitter user, there's links there. You can download them. Uh, as I said, it's free. And then also you can uh, even download it to your phone. I've, I've, I've done that. You can listen to it later because we have a three-hour show here. And understand how people can't always do that. And since I'm uh, talking about articles and, and that as well, check out the uh, Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Last night we just had an update to the Bards Logic newsroom. And we will uh, have plenty of articles, not only about this story, uh, but others. And I'll, I'll probably go through uh, at least read off, not now, uh, but some of those articles you can find at the uh, Bards Logic Newsroom uh, at the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. 
And so while we uh, wait for Jim uh, to be ready to uh, come in with what he wants to discuss and also uh, make comments and for others who'd like to chime in, uh, instead I've got a couple of articles here on uh, this. Uh, and so the, this other one is oh, – let me scroll up here. It's from Charisma uh, News. It says, Hillary Clinton's health and rapid decline, will she even make it to Election Day at this rate? Since Hillary Clinton's health is starting to become a major political issue, uh, it's starting. I don't know if it's a major political issue yet. I know I make their own commentary in these articles, but you know it may not be uh, major yet. But I, I think that's why I think it would be so important. <laughs> and I know this sounds callous, folks, but I got to say it is that you know because unless it's on national TV where everybody's watching it like a debate or something of that nature. Um, or a major or a, or a press conference or something of that nature, uh, or maybe her being really pressed hard on Fox News or something of that nature, you know, if indeed she's not able to take the pressure, uh, it may take the debates and, of course, depending uh, on the back and forth between, you know, Clinton and, and Trump when they're on the stage. Of course, you know, now we mention it, of course, if, you know, she does have some kind of attack or something, you know, the media is probably just going to spin that and try to blame uh, Donald Trump, and, oh, my gosh, he's such a terrible person. Look what he's done to Hillary Clinton. Uh, So, you know, we'll, uh, you know, I think it probably go that way. And then uh, I I see Jim, yeah, like, ready to get on the line, but let me go ahead and, uh, well, I just started it, so I definitely want to get to this article, but I don't like keeping people on hold too long. And I see the area code 612, Uh, we will get you in, and I'll do some call screening just to get your name. Eric, you six with two. I've seen others. Uh, push the one on your number dial when you're ready. I did see, I believe, uh, Cindy in. Looks like we uh, lost her call, but hopefully she'll get back in. But let's go ahead and welcome Jim. Will we get the, uh, you in here, Jim? Thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, hi, Robert. By the way, you can. Why don't you go ahead and finish your articles? I, I'm, you know, I can just listen on the line while you finish those articles if you want. Okay, I just do one, and then I've got one more, and now we can do the others, and I want to be able to get uh, the gentleman on 612, or lady, it could be lady too, uh, okay. 612 in the lineup. We'll, we'll find out who that is in a minute. But, yeah, we'll go ahead with that article since I started it. And it says, uh, Hillary Clinton's health is starting to become a major political issue, and there are many that believe that her health problems may force her to drop out uh, before we even get to Election Day. Gosh, when can we hope? Uh, anyway. On Sunday evening, the Drudge Report ran a photo of Hillary Clinton, as we mentioned earlier, uh, struggling to get up a set of stairs along with this headline, 2016 Hillary Conquers the Stairs. Well, it turns out the particular photo was about six months old, but it did spark a much deeper debate about Hillary Clinton's health. As you will see below, Hillary Clinton has been having seizures even while in public. She has been regularly having horrible coughing fits, and you'll see a video of that that I, I have here on the blog talk radio. She has a very large hole in her tongue that has not been explained. And she's been falling down way too often for a woman her age, no matter whether you are for her or against her, it should be apparent to everyone that this woman that has some very serious health issues. Let's start with uh, Clinton's very curious behavior during a recent campaign stop. When suddenly froze up, she was rapidly approached. And this is, Talk about what I was referring to earlier. Uh, rapidly approached by a large uh, African-American man that appeared at first glance to be a Secret Service agent. 
The following comes from Gateway Pundit. In a recent campaign stop in a union hall in front of a sparse crowd at about the time when some liberal protesters uh, began to protest, Hillary Clinton suddenly froze. She looked dazed and lost. And when you see the video, folks, she really does. Uh, seeing this, a group of men rushed to assist candidate on stage. And one man, however, gently pats the candidate's back and then says, keep talking. An expert on Secret Service tactics told TGP Secret Service agents would not touch a candidate in the manner that this individual did, and especially Hillary Clinton. It has been widely reported on Hillary's disdain for the agents who work to protect her. The man who touches Hillary may be a member of Hillary's pleasant staff, but he is not a Secret Service agent. So maybe that gets some context on uh, the, the, the video you'll see. Uh, since that time, it has been reported that the very large African-American gentleman that was initially reported to be a Secret Service agent is actually a doctor instead. As you can see here, it appears he is carrying with him uh, a kind of auto-injector that is commonly used to inject someone with diazepam. If you're not uh, familiar with diazepam, it was originally called Valium. I had a pop-up. I hate that. Uh, here is more of the particular drug. You can, you know, I'm sure you read that later, look that up later. It's quite noteworthy that this drug is often used to treat seizures because Clinton seems to have been having them with frightening regularity these days. In this video, you can watch Clinton go into a seizure in public with a bunch of reporters around. So why won't she just be honest about this? Well, because Trump would immediately pounce on the issue, and that is the thing she, uh, the last thing she wants. She doesn't want voters questioning whether she has the physical capability to fulfill her duties as president. Wikipedia also says that those that are elderly are more prone to adverse effects of diazepam, such as confusion, amnesia, ataxia, and hangover effects, as well as falls. And let me tell you something about ataxia. Uh, not familiar with that, uh, and that, that's basically that affects the cerebellum, uh, and that actually affects your coordination and the head movements that you'll that you'll see in one of those movements. Uh, I seen personally uh, to somebody I know in, in a very frightening manner, uh, which is caused from you know caused from ataxia, and so that, that's the first time I read this, but that that could explain part of that video. Uh, it's a possibility, certainly. Uh, as Susan DeDuclos has noted, Hillary Clinton has fallen and Sarah C. hurt herself numerous times in recent years. While the most recent image of Hillary Clinton unable to climb a short set of stairs, and it's, it's only going into a house. Without, and those, there, you'll see some a picture of that on the blog talk radio here at Bart's Logic. Uh, I kind of got uh, going across the screen, you'll see this. So, uh, whether you're live now or at the podcast. But anyway, uh, it says, without the help of two Secret Service agents, did they set the Internet abuzz with, after the Drudge Report headline with the image while blaring Hillary, Hillary conquers the stairs? Uh, it says, we also note multiple examples of the years which include but are not limited to Hillary falling in 2009, as we mentioned earlier, on her way to the White House meeting. They also mentioned her uh, and fracturing her elbow, falling while entering a plane in 2011. Hillary falling asleep while attending an Obama speech. Oh, come on, guys. Give her a break. It's an Obama speech. No, anyway, Hillary falling asleep while attending an Obama speech in Maynard uh, or Myanmar 
in November 2012. Just one month later, she fell in her home, which led to a concussion in December 2012, and subsequent blood clot on her brain and her coughing fits, which go back years. All and That's true. I mean, you could go all the way back to 2006 and see. And, of course, you could have said that just taught her when she had a cold. But anyway, at the top of the article, I also mentioned the strange pool. Uh, that has now appeared on her tongue. You can see the photo. This photo uh, is on the in the article here at charismanews.com. It says there's much speculation about what may or may not have caused it. We talked about the horror tongue, and hopefully Clinton will come forward and tell us the truth soon, so that all the speculation could be laid to rest. Meanwhile, Hillary's coughing fits have just been making headlines. If you don't know what I'm talking about, and there's just more examples. Uh, so let me scroll down here. I don't want to spend all your time, uh, you know, reading an article. And we could get uh, to the rest of that. But, again, it's charismanews.com, and, uh, you know, we can refer to that later because uh, I do want to be able to get uh, folks in. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to Gil. Uh, and have you heard or, you know, or seen any of these videos that I'm referring to, Jim? Jim, did we lose it? Oh, I'm sorry. I was muted. I was muted, uh, Robert. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Our, our, our good friend Cindy, who I, I see online as well, does that. Uh, we'll go ahead. Was, uh, so let's go ahead and, and bring it over to you. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. You say, okay. Uh, I know. I just wanted I to say that I. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. You, you, okay. No, I just want to say that I didn't see any of those videos you're referring to, but I. I, I do remember vividly when Trey Gowdy's uh, committee, the Benghazi committee, was calling her in to uh, testify right as the iron was hot. I do vividly remember that the me- media reported that her doctor in New York City reported that Hillary had had a brain aneurysm. Now, I remember that because my mom had an aneurysm in 1966 when I was 13 and survived it uh, for 48 more years, but then died two years ago of a massive brain aneurysm. So aneurysms are very serious. Oh, no, thank you. But that's no, I mean, I'm just saying that, that I was very, very, I mean, she was 80, 85. So she lived a nice and we had her for an extra 48 years. But my, my point is, is that, so I'm very sensitive to aneurysm, hearing about aneurysms because she should have died from the first one in 1990 at 1966. So, it was kind of miraculous that she, she survived. So Hillary had, was now she had a brain aneurysm. Now that's very serious, and it's, a, a vessel breaks and blood starts to come out in the brain area, and then that kind of went away. And they're still only now saying a blood clot. And and I I'm just saying that I remember that her, her excuse was she couldn't go to the Benghazi committee because of a brain aneurysm, and then that terminology has been dropped. Um, I think that. Uh, when, I don't think anything is going to stop Hillary health-wise unless she literally collapses and can't get out of bed. Is at a hospital because they don't really need these. Even someone healthy like Bill Clinton or uh, or Barack Obama, they, a lot of their work is prepared prepared for them, and they just go out and read what they're told out the teleprompter or whatever. So they don't need someone who's extremely healthy. Trump has said that uh, he thinks Hillary goes, does an appearance and then goes take a, a nap for five hours. He said that, and I think it was Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC that said, well, you don't know that. She was interviewing Trump. And you don't know that. He says, I mm-hmm. think I know it. 
And I think that is the general perception that Hillary is. Of course, she is 70 years old. I mean, they're using every trick in the book to, uh, that is known to modern uh, cosmology to her hair and probably giving her um, uh, what, it, what amount to uppers to keep her upbeat when she's in public and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they're using all those things. She is 70 years old. So if you took away all the uh, AIDS today, and we went back to like 19, uh, 1850, Hillary would probably look quite 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 old and she probably is you know internally is quite old so uh, she's done I, I think that but unless she literally collapses and can't get out of bed I don't think any of that will stop her now what I did want to also uh, comment but I think it's 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 extremely possible uh, that that she does not make it to the uh, the next 90 days because the schedule is quite rigorous uh, uh, for, for any of these presidential candidates so Anyway, it's possible she will have some kind of a fatigue meltdown because of, so. But the the more the more critical issue I think today is the beatdown that's been going down, in my opinion, on all of America. And what I am going to charge are these phony, phony polls. The polls that show that since her extremely lackluster convention, she's surged uh, ten or twelve points ahead of Trump in Pennsylvania. While she couldn't fill a high school auditorium and Trump had 10 or 12,000 people. What, and what I'm getting at here is that these polls, I what I'm, I'm urge everybody, don't accept anything that we're taking on faith, okay? We're taking on faith these public opinion polls. Now, the big media decides who to give publicity to. NBC does some, Wall Street Journal, maybe they do them in combination. Uh, Fox does some, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I would urge Americans don't take any of these on faith. We don't know who we don't know what's really happening in these polls, and uh, I believe uh, that may be beyond what any what uh, what uh, the, the most people in Barge Logic believe. But I believe that the five TV networks are owned by the same crowd. It would be like if Newt Gingrich's and his his uh, soulmates politically owned all five channels. Well, that's what ha- what has happened, except that. They are basically uh, in the mold of the uh, of the new world order, if you want to use that term, or of of uh, making America, dumbing down America to be a province, as Pat Buchanan said in 1996, just a province in the new world order. They wanted the USA to become just a province in the new world order. That's what the the the, the, the old guard is working for. That's what Trump would arrest and 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 turn around to at least to some degree, and maybe to a large degree. So. Uh, again, I, the whole world is at stake here. And suddenly after the two conventions, uh, which I do not believe that the Democratic convention resonated with the average American, uh, I do believe that Trump's speech did at the Republican convention. And I, I just – again, so what, what – what, what, let's talk about these polls again for a minute. The ones that show Hillary dominating suddenly, dominating everywhere, which I believe is false. I, again, I think that if you had an actual – poll if you if and if we can get an actual count on election day uh, trump would be get coming in at 50 to 60 percent hillary would be coming in at probably 20 to 30 percent and jill stein and gary johnson would be coming in somewhere between five and ten percent each that's probably the real count but let, let's say somebody said oh no condi you're just you're just wanting it to come out the way you want it to come out but what do we know about these polls robert we don't know who they're calling 
we don't know, you know, what part of te- what part of the population they're calling. They could be calling even-handedly. They could be calling mostly Hispanic. They could be calling call, uh, calling mostly what are known to be liberal zip codes or you know certain wealthy liberal zip codes. We just don't know what they're calling, who they're calling. How many people answer the phone in a cell phone age when they're still trying to compile? It isn't like 40 years ago right. where they knew every – please? I said right. What, I mean, we 40 years ago, everybody was in the phone book. Some were unlisted, but you had all these landlines. Now people have cell phones. How many are they really contacting? What I would urge uh, – and again, when, when – the, the actual owners, not the on-air personalities, hire these polling places. Uh, you basically have a handful of polling companies, and I know they make some fa- – Zogby was famous a few cycles ago in Rasmussen, and now they got the you know, Quantico College or whatever. But the whole world is at stake. The whole world is at stake. And so I cannot overlook the possibility that right now they are – you know, big bribes are being given to the people running these these places to make these results. We don't know if they run a a a, uh, a poll and then just get the results. Remember, let's say you say you got thirty forty people in your in your in your call center, and their their job is each to reach twenty or thirty per, per people each, eight eight hundred to nine hundred people. They all turn in the results. Well, they only know they're 20 or 30 people. They don't know what everybody else did. Oh, the only people that know that are the owners of the country, so the company. Get in the results and just falsify the results, okay? We don't know if that's happening. So all I'm saying is – so I, I, when, another thing I want to mention, I may have mentioned on this show before. In 1947, where they were trying to prepare the world that, oh, these polls are going to really predict everything that's going to happen, Hollywood made a movie called Magic Town starring Jimmy Stewart. People can still look this up right now and Google it on the IMDB or whatever, the movies called Magic Town. And Jimmy Stewart was playing the pollster, like George Gallup, who was one of the earlier pollsters. Earlier pollsters. And they have Jimmy – this whole movie is about him picking out this one town. can't remember the name right now. Uh, this one town, and it was – he said, this town is representative of America. And I remember one of the key scenes of the movie is Jimmy Stewart gives this inspiring speech about how this one little town was America. It, it represented America, and what these people thought was a bellwether of what America thought. And one of the elderly women in the room, it was like a city council, and maybe she was a, a secretary. One of the elderly women started weeping, started crying as Jimmy Stewart got done his speech to think that their little town was represented America. Now. What was that movie about? That movie was about preparing people way early that these polls are really scientifically angels bring them down. And this is the way all these networks uh, often treat these polls. Greta Van Susteren, to her credit the other night on Fox, said, I don't believe these polls right now that are showing Hillary so far ahead. So, again, believe them or don't believe them, but we are taking them on blind faith. We should not take them on blind faith. Exit polls are the same way. Exit polls are conducted on Election Day by uh, – from 1960s to 2004, they were conducted by a company called Voter News Service, and the Voter News Service is owned by ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Fox, and AP Wire. You can look this up on uh, Wikipedia or other places. And uh, uh, so that was – and then in 2004, Voter News Service name got kind of stinky, and they – 
changed their name to National Election Pool. Same office, out of New York City, same people, but they changed their name to National Election Pool. And I guess to give a little layer of objectivity, they hire a company now called Edison. And Edison does all the exits to National Election Pool, who then gives it to the five networks. Okay, now, Edison could be fired tomorrow, and NEP could, uh, could hire somebody else. So it's those who control the networks, the AP wire, and National Election Pool, that they will determine what gets reported. So, again, those, those exit polls are black box as well. We're just trusting that what they tell us are true. Uh, first of all, it's very hard to find an exit poll. Uh, I've, I caught up with two over the years, and I can tell you that what they're doing, I don't see how it can be scientific. Only one out of 15 people will talk to them. They, they admit that in their own uh, their own uh, reporting about themselves. And because people are busy, they got to pick up the kids from school, take mom to the doctor, whatever. Only one out of 15 talk to them, and they skip the rush hour in the morning and the night. And so, where's the scientific basis? And then. When they caught with wildly inaccurate results, for instance, when Pat Buchanan ran against President G.W. Bush in, uh, uh, in, in 1992 as an insurgent in New Hampshire, uh, it was way off. And there was also a lot of the Bernie Sanders exit polls were way off regarding what happened in Arizona and California. And in both cases, uh, Walter Matoski is now dead, but he was back there in 1992. He told Time Magazine, well, we were off because more of the Buchanan people were willing to talk to us than the Bush people. And this time they said we were off because Bernie's, more Bernie Sanders people were willing to talk to us than the Hillary Clinton people. Well, if that's the case, let's take them at their own word. Where's the scientific basis for their exit polling? If they admit that the more ardently supported candidates talk to them more than the mainstream candidate, you might say, well, then how is this a scientific anything? Yet they're treated as extremely, extremely scientific. Okay, now, uh, uh, then, and then, of course, on election night, for instance, let's just take Paul Ryan's election last night, okay? Uh, Whether you like the result or don't like the result, and I kind of wish the the more conservative guy Neeson would have beat him, or Nealon would have beat him. Uh, Was it Neeson or Nealon? I can't remember. Uh, But um, there was... Everyone voted. Those votes were taken away from the people. The, nobody was allowed to look or count any ballots. Those votes were taken away. Taken away. The ballots were taken away from the people. Run through the computers. Uh, I don't know which company they were using, whether it was Hart or ESNS or who. But and then they announced the result. So nobody saw any ballots. And and there's no. So I have to say, I think I think his name was 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 Neeson. He deserved to lose because he wasn't smart enough to demand an open count. And same goes for Paul Ryan, for that matter. He won, but they they don't call for an open count. So we're taking that result, although it's believable that Ryan won, but we're taking that result on blind faith, just as we were Hillary, uh, that she won California. It's totally blind faith, uh, and no one is actually – no citizens have been allowed to count a ballot. So you got public opinion polls, you have exit polls, and you have computer counts on election night, all black box. And that's why it's so big that Trump – uh, a week ago, uh, August 1, a week, uh, week and two days ago, and uh, Roger Stone, uh, a week and four days ago, that would have been uh, uh, five days ago, that would have been on Friday on Breitbart, both hit that the November election could be rigged, and they need to keep hitting that theme. I'm about to put out a, a video, open video to Donald Trump, the video, open letter, excuse me, open letter to Donald Trump, the video on open letter to Donald Trump, 
and it will go over all these things. They really need to demand these ballots be counted in the open. And then, of course, the Washington Post, CNN, uh, Fox had one of their reporters, one of the liberals, write a thing about how Trump is undermining democracy because he's asking people to pay attention to this vote so that it's not rigged against him in November. Well, actually, the un-American thing is to tell people to have blind faith in the in, in the in the in the computer vote or any vote. There should always be a reasonable skepticism with the government. That's what the founding fathers uh, said. You know, we don't just have blind faith. There's skepticism, and we must be distrustful of government and have checks and balances so that no one person mm-hmm. or, or group is tempted. Uh, so I, I highly doubt these polls. I hope Trump uh, gets back on the drumbeat, and re- and we're going to do it. I'm going to try to do it in our radio ads in Cincinnati and in our surrounding areas, and I'm going to certainly do it on the internet with these things. One other thing that I don't know if you mentioned this, uh, Robert, in the Hillary Health Report. I was gonna, just one other thing occurred to me because I got the sound down, and Hannity was showing it. Did you mention about her? Long and embarrassing coffee jags, uh, coughing jags that she has when she's giving speeches. Oh yeah, she's all yeah, the, the coughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you? I don't know. I, if you were mentioning that, I was distracted tonight. The coughing fit. But she, yeah, she's having long coughing fits, and then they she showed a picture of bringing her water, and she's. But that is very largely surprising. If Trump was having these health problems. They would be beating oh, yeah. the drums 24 hours a day. He's not fit to be president. And please notice the way that all five TV networks, even Fox, focus on the same issues. I mean, they've been going around and around and around about this very aggressive father, the uh, Khan, Mr. Khan, the, the Muslim. Oh, yeah. yeah God, if, it's he, if, if, if he would have just said my son died and we are patriotic Americans and blah, blah. Then, okay, but no, then he goes on one of the most vicious attacks in the history of presidential politics on Donald Trump on a national stage. Have you even read the Constitution? All this stuff. Well, then at that moment, he stepped over as fair game. He's no longer just a father. He's using his son's death. You could just as easily say this. He is using his son's death to get his mm-hmm. own political views across, which is just as, as, as despicable. And, and, and they're acting like Trump by responding is a despicable one. And I will say this. Right. I do not trust off the – I do not trust out of the gate that this guy really believes in the Constitution, Mr. Khan. He, he wrote an article right. in 1983 praising Sharia law, which is it, Mr. Khan? And, and, and he's working for to help people get into this country – uh, and, and circumvent as far as possible. I don't. I don't know that he's doing anything illegal, but he's trying to help him get in, and 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 get ahead of the uh, crowd and get in right. the Muslims to, to get. So I don't in any way accept this idea that just because somebody comes to America and gets citizenship that they really believe as we uh, constitutional Americans believe. Why should I accept? Why shouldn't we have a healthy skepticism there? that people may be coming just to use our Constitution and the freedoms here to undermine the Constitution. Can't we think that thought? Can't we question that? Okay, I've, I've gone on enough of diatribe here, Robert. I may not be able to stay for the whole show, but I can go on uh, mute so others can have a chance. But those are my thoughts for the evening. Please don't accept those polls and spread skepticism about polls wherever you go. We need to demand to see the ballots, the paper ballots, and have them counted before they leave the precinct. And if they don't do that and the result doesn't seem right, we shouldn't accept it. That's what Roger Stone said, the best-selling author on Breitbart, and I certainly agree with that. It is outrageous 
that they are not letting these ballots be counted at, by, at the neighborhood precinct before they leave the public view. And then I'll bet you Trump wins 50, 60 percent uh, landslide, and he would probably win in every state for the simple reason that Americans like the funny, unpredictable, exciting celebrity over the dud. Even if they, if, if Trump and Hillary change views, I submit the exciting, funny, unpredictable celebrity would always win in a landslide in modern-day America when only a few people are paying the type of attention that you and I and your, your, your hosts are and your guests are. Most people are much more shallow. They're not following the politics hour by hour. So, okay, Robert, thanks for the opportunity. I'm going to listen as long as I can. I may chime back in later, but let me make way for the comments of others, okay? Okay, we, we, we definitely would like to hear more from you. Uh, and I, I will, uh, as I said, go back to that article later, but I am going to also go back uh, and play that Roger Stone audio clip uh, that oh, we good. have. Uh, we'll play that. Yeah. yeah, I've got that. We'll play that again later as well for those who can hear it. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring in Michael from Minnesota. And then we got some other callers who like to chime in. Uh, we'll get you into the show. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring in Michael. Michael, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Doing good, sir. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just um, – I really uh, – the previous caller brought up some really great points, but I think when it comes to this whole election, I think we have to sort of understand how the liberal mindset, the media, and where the independents are. And I speak as someone who was a former liberal myself, and so the thing that we have to understand is that the, the media and the liberals are engaging not in policy or information or engaging in logical debates or presenting their cases to the American public and laying them aside – they're simply engaging in what's called character assassination when it comes to politics in general, but in Trump in particular. And so this whole thing hinges on economics. And when it comes to the debate, the debates is where Trump can win this because the debates will be where he'll have an opportunity to speak for himself, not the media caricature that the majority of the American public is being is, – is what their view of Trump is based upon because the reality, sir, outside of the conservatives like ourselves, most people – haven't actually sat down and listened to Trump give a speech, analyze his policies, look at his positions. All they really know about Trump are the sound bites that the liberal media plays of him saying foolish things, right? I mean, you, you're probably pretty aware of this. So for myself, when I talk to liberals or engage on liberals on block talk and different programs, I try to get them to talk about the issues, in particular the economic points, and expose not just – Hillary and the Democrats, but even the Republican establishment, Republicans who've been complicit in these trade deals that have destroyed the vast majority of America's economy. And um, I just think that if we can get to keep hammering that point in and keep focusing on his economic plan in contrast to hers, and if Trump, for the, and I hope for his sake, he, he can stay out of his own way and not destroy himself, but and fall into the trap of just trying to engage in name-calling at the debates, which he can do at times to keep it entertaining. But he has got to nail her on these economic points, and that's going to be his one shot to land independents, conservative Democrats, and Republicans who may be still on the fence or maybe anti-Trump to see that they have to get on board. Otherwise, we're just relinquishing this country to the liberals, and we're going to allow them to pr proceed with their secular uh, progressive agenda. So. I just, you know, try to get your thoughts on that and see what you think. Well, let's go ahead and because uh, I was uh, on the line uh, talking with Christine, who will be coming in after Cindy. And, uh, Cindy, if you'd like to uh, answer 
to what he was just saying, and as well as uh, our topic tonight, and anything uh, that Jim was mentioning, and we will play that audio, and we'll get uh, Christine in. Um, but first, uh, thank you, Cindy, for coming to the show. Uh, how are you tonight? And uh, let's get your comments on that. Well, I'm doing all right. I had a horrible day, but um, I'm settled oh, down I'm now. I'm sorry to hear I'm that. Hard. I'm a car toad today. <laughs> Don't like to do that. Anyway, um, yeah, um, Trump needs to stay on on the economic issue. Um, it's unfortunate that we're not allowed to mention any social issues anymore um, because I think that um, there are some issues that really do need to be talked about because we need to protect people, and uh, or at least our government needs to be in a position where it can protect people who are um, under tyranny, um, and and that's kind of where we're at. But, you know, if he keeps on, if Trump keeps on with his personal attacks on Hillary, um, it's going to backfire on him, and he's going to be losing a lot of potential voters. He needs to stick with the with the with the program because he's not going to get in trouble as long as he's talking about the things that he knows the most about, um, and and that's finances and and things like that and administration. And real, and all real, that. real quick, Cindy, real quick, I want to bring this up uh, to Michael uh, new to the show. Uh, Michael, of course, you are welcome to stay on the line. We have here what's called our roundtable discussion, as you probably see in the description. So what we do like to do is to uh, bring, you know, things back around, you know, like the roundtable. So, you know, get get everybody as much equal time as we possibly can, uh, just because there's anything else someone said or there's anything else you want to bring up, uh, you know, either with our topic of the show or, you know, maybe something else, uh, then, you know, that's how we do it here. It's, you know, maybe a little bit different than the other shows uh, you've been on. You said you've been on other uh, blog talk radio shows, but you're welcome to stay on the line, and, and we'll we'll bring it back to you. But I just want to let you know that's, that's how we uh, do it here. But go ahead, Cindy. Okay. So anyway, um, I, I guess we all have mutual funds, right? Well, you know how we get those little things in the mail um, the where you have your annual meeting proxy card and, and you have these, you know, directors that you vote to retain or to shove out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually one of those people that investigates the people and <laughs> finds out whether I really do want to have them <laughs> on the board or not. And as I was investigating this one woman, I came across um, some stuff. She She's a, a Bank of America executive, and um, I came across some stuff about uh, – computer hacks going into American Express, I mean, excuse me, Bank of America. And, a, a, you know, apparently over the years, several uh, attackers have, have come on to, you know, try to get these banks. And um, in particular, um, I was struck by the seven Iranian computer hackers that are linked to the government of Tehran. And um, they're actually charged and indicted for cyber attacks against these banks. Um, but we can't get them, of course, because they're over there. And But, you know, what struck me was that it says in here in this article that the FBI director, James Comey, uh, said that even though these suspects may be out of reach while they're in Iran, 
they had better be looking over their shoulder if they're going to be traveling. Okay, and then he makes this comment: the world is small and our memories are long. We never say never. And um, and then you find out that this these Iranians didn't just attack banks; they actually tried to hack into a dam in New York. Um, if they had been successful, this dam was offline for repairs uh, for some reason. So nothing came of that. But if they had been successful in hacking into this dam, they could have caused uh, immense flooding and, and maybe even lives lost. I mean, there could have been a, a great amount of danger here. Okay? So now, take into consideration things like that happening and your Secretary of State has an email server that is capable of being hacked, and you can get all kinds of information that way. Um, you, you have to think, okay, so when Comey decide, all right, I'll, let me also go to January of this year. Do you remember all the news reports? Everybody was uh, um, talking about how the um, FBI was getting ready to indict. Man, they were on the verge of indictment. They are all kinds of crap mm-hmm. on it, right? And then uh, you have that Steve Malzberg interview with Tom DeLay. I've got FBI sources, and, and I've got friends in the FBI, and they all say that they're ready to indict Hillary. And, and even if they if the and they're all talking about well the attorney general may not um go ahead and indict but um if they, if she doesn't if if Lynch didn't indict they were going to go public and um and let the public indict her you know let the public try her in the court of public opinion and all this stuff okay so well. <laughs> now it does he doesn't actually say Tom Delay doesn't actually say that Comey was one of his friends in the FBI so I don't know if it went straight to the top. But let's just say that these, I mean, obviously some people at the very top were ready to indict back in January. Now, comes Jan- comes July, there's a meeting with, you know, on the tarmac, and there's meetings behind the scenes all over the place, and and Clint- the Clintons are in overdrive to try to help, to, to try to uh, protect Hillary and her email situation, and so you you have to know that Comey is thinking to himself: the Iranians are doing their best to try to ha- hack us. We know that the Chinese have hacked us, so we know they're doing their best to hack. Us. Then you've got all the other um, Middle Eastern uh, horrible people that you know she she gets money from. They all want to know what she's doing. And and you have to say, okay, yeah, her health is bad, and we ought to be afraid of the prospect of Hillary Clinton getting in office and then dying of a brain aneurysm, and then we've got Kane. And then having you know. her vice president. He's, uh. <laughs> right. right. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter which one, actually. They're, they're all horrible. But anyway, um, her, her health, to me, isn't nearly as, I mean, everybody's always attacked health. You know, Reagan was too old. 
Um, Cheney had heart problems. I mean, it's always brought up the health, you know, especially on the Republican side. Um, but really, her her integrity or her lack of her lack thereof is what more concerns me than her health. And and the well, fact and I, that, and I understand that, but I mean, we got. You got to have as much ammunition on her as you can. So real quick, uh, and we'll, well, we'll yeah. let you continue. And then we, we've got uh, Christina online. We're going to bring things back in. I'm, and I've got uh, a couple audios, uh, but and we'll we can bring you back after this. But we do uh, have the top of the hour. We're going to hear from the Patriot Journals Network. Thank you. You mean right now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he is just, yeah, we're supposed to be well, hearing from the Patriot Journals Network. <laughs> well, let me just say why okay. you're doing that. Well, <laughs> well, let me just say, ahead, um, if, if the FBI director knows that Iran is trying to get in, and all these people are trying to get into her email and to our emails anywhere they can, banks, dams, electric plants, you name it, they're trying to get in it. And then it makes the issue of her emails being unsecure. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Go ahead and bring it back to you, Cindy. Well, just to finish up what I was saying, the issue of the emails is a much more powerful and and strong uh, issue than her health, although it is important. It's very embarrassing to watch her. Um, This is a presidential um, nominee and she's stumbling around and, and, and people are like helping to bring her out of her coma while she's trying to speak. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing that, that this woman is not getting negative press over this, knowing, knowing as um, what Jim was saying a minute ago, what would be happening if this was Donald Trump that was stumbling oh. around like this. Um, it, 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 it's, it's enough to really make you upset. And, and Comey telling the attorney general that he doesn't recommend her at, uh, being indicted after first months ago, they're just on the brink of it and, and just biting at the bit to indict her. Um, well, remember, remember what he said, Cindy. Really remember what he said. He said no reasonable prosecutor – uh, would indict her or, or prosecute her or whatever, you know, would pursue, basically pursue her. So because I know she's, you know, they're all probably bought and sold. Uh, and speaking of her, you know, neurological problems, uh, that's one thing uh, Carolyn in the chat points out that uh, she mentioned during uh, the, when she was uh, testifying in the Vegasa hearings, it may seem insignificant, uh, but the type of uh, glasses she was wearing uh, with the vertical lines in it, uh, could be some indications of her having uh, double vision, uh, which could be a indication of a neurological order, and also uh, have to be handled during uh, you know mid speeches and things of that nature. Uh, as, as Carolyn pointed out, but go ahead. 
Well, absolutely. this woman has so many problems, and, and as Jim was also talking about, the polls have to be the most disingenuous polls and, in fact, outright lies that we've ever had. Um, I mean, where's a, where is a decent polling per- – where is an honest pollster? Where is one? Well, that, that's not necessarily that fair to say. One. Huh? It, that's not necessarily fair to say in the sense that the polls, in my opinion, are they're actually not. accurate of where the country is standing right now. I mean, you have to understand, and, and, and you guys have already brought this up several times, but as conservatives, we have to basically give up this even bringing up the fact that the liberal media has dominated this narrative, and they, they have. And let's think about this. She has in her favor all the media, both in Hollywood and in the news media. She's got all these people – uh, especially young people in college who are working nonstop on her behalf, which is something that mm-hmm. in Trump's case he really doesn't yeah. have working for him. So she has a tremendous grassroots you know movement going for her. And with all of that in play and working against him and this constant character assassination that he's being bombarded with, for him to even be within less than 10 points is incredible. That's nothing short of the fact that there's still enough – what I consider patriotic conservative Americans who are just not going to fall for these liberal lies. But right now, at this point, we have to give up the fact that the Democrats will forever have the, the, the media on their side. That's done. They're always going to have an unfair advantage. We will never have a level playing field in politics for the foreseeable future, so that's done. All we have left right now between now and November is the debates. That's going to be Trump's only opportunity. If he doesn't hit a home run, he's finished. It's over. Because the media will spin all type of narratives between now and then. That's going to be his only chance to speak to the American people directly. And if he fails, no. I, I want him to succeed, but Trump at times continually puts his foot in his mouth, almost as if he's not, he doesn't have the self-consciousness to understand that you're not playing on a level playing field. So you have to conduct yourself in a way above reproach so that your accuser can't have all this material against you. But I, he just... He's 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 fighting for the right cause, but unfortunately, we have the wrong person. He just doesn't have the temperament and the necessary no. character to handle the current political environment. And because of that, oh. he could actually lose an election that he should be able to win easily. But unfortunately, no. it you know, if his own incompetence, he might blow this, and, I, and I'm really worried that he might actually lose this thing. Is that is that John in Minnesota? No, it's Mike. It is uh, Michael. Mike Michael. in Minnesota. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Okay, this is Jim Condon, Cincinnati. I, I really want to, you know, I, I certainly respect your take on all this, but I really want to uh, disagree in some ways. Or, and let, well, let me ask you a question. Do you agree that we are taking bring in the Christine. Poll- Go ahead, Jim. Oh, that's fine. I, I, we, we, we can bring in Christine, and, and so we have more of a roundtable. Well, no, no, but I, I, your thoughts, and we'll bring her in. Okay. Do we all agree that we are taking these polls on blind faith? We don't know how they do them. Rand Paul pointed out they were doing 200 people uh, for the, some of those polls early in the Republican. Only 200 people out of 300 million, and most of the time they admit they're doing 800 people. So, do, you know, we don't know who they're calling. We don't know if they called anybody. We don't know if they called them and falsified the risk. Does anyone agree, though, that we're taking the polls on blind faith when they announce these polls every day? We are taking them on blind faith. Does anybody disagree with that? Well, I, I do in a way because no, you know, I get to okay. for my business. I get to travel around the country uh, very often, uh, coast to coast. And when I see this, 
I talk to a lot of people and I get to try to get a vibe of certain things. And the overwhelming consensus that you see is there's this anti-Trump sentiment that's not based upon anything that he's presenting from a policy or an issue platform or anything like that. It's all based upon how he acts, how he talks, how he treats people, and how he views people. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but the mo- liberal most media people, has spun this narrative. Yeah, but and, most and people. Again, yeah, go ahead. Most people out of the country, most people outside of the big cities like Trump for that he talks off the top of his head. That's not a negative. It's only all oh, these I know liberals, these the small group of of of, of rabid feminists uh, who, in my view, are not in any way for women. These rabid feminists, the the women that are so shallow that they think any woman is better than any man at this point in history, which is a minority well, no, of women. No, no, no. Well, well, that's not true, sir. It's not a small number of people. Again, it's not that he actually said things that, quote-unquote, should offend people, which if you examine them, he hasn't actually said things that are really that bad, including the statement he made yesterday about the Second Amendment, which is just an example of what I mean, that the liberal media takes anything that even can be perceived as offensive or wrong or or, or just somehow uh, intolerance in any way, and they will spin it enough to form a general narrative amongst the populace. And this narrative uh, well, is widespread, and it's, yeah, that, it's, this, not, just, well, wait, it's this, not just a fringe. It's many no, this people is what they the claim. Okay, on what basis, though, Mike? On what basis are you saying that the, that the vast majority of people are disgusted with Trump now and not happy with him? On what? No, I didn't say the vast majority. Your... I said, I said, I'm saying a very large percentage of the people. Yes, and I. And okay, I but what, okay, what industry? Places. I mean, you can take the. You don't have to answer this, but what when you travel around the country is. In your business, what type of people are you? Are you? Okay, are you yeah, I get to within that. I get to actually deal with a wide range of people. Uh, specifically, with my business, I deal with a lot of people who are what we consider, you know, wealthy upper class, you know, types. But I also do get to interact with a lot of minorities and individuals who we consider working class Americans on different platforms from different yeah. states. And yeah. within that, what you hear from people, and this is when I try to engage in these discussions, and a lot of them, I, I try to make sure to talk to people who. I can, you know, once we get in discussion, I can tell they either have a liberal or independent or somehow against Trump in some way, shape, or form, which it's a lot more people than you would think. But when I talk to them and I try to get to understand why is it that you're against Trump or why is it that you're actually for Hillary, when we try to get into the discussion, it almost never, with the exception of maybe one or two cases, has it ever actually got into policy or issues or some type of anything that would be tangible. It's always yeah. about, well, I don't like him as a person. I don't think a president should talk this type well, of way. Well, how can you like Hillary Clinton as a person without asking them? How can they like well, someone who's as corrupt as Hillary Clinton and, and can be linked to people's deaths, and perhaps we'll talk about that later on in the show, and still like this woman? I mean, how can we, re, how can we award Hillary Clinton, who's known for her corruption, who's known for being a liar, who might even very well have blood on her hands, how can anyone reward her with the presidency of the United States? Yeah. yeah, because she has the liberal media on her side to cover her or to downplay the negative things that she says or does and always highlight the negatives of Trump. And this is what I try to tell – and I often tell people if it's really a character problem when it comes to you, with Hillary and Trump, I often point them to look at the interviews and uh, both audio and written and biographies of people that dealt with Hillary when she was the first lady in the White House and how she regularly had temper tantrums and would cuss people out and threaten many of their staff and people that were working with her and was by far considered one of the worst individuals that people ever dealt with in the White House. This is on the record. Well, Not just I, my opinion, it's with everybody. But people don't realize that, that because the, if the liberal media won't even oh. talk about that. Now, 
So that's my point. It's not a level playing field. So when you get in discussions with people, forget the character stuff, forget up because that's gone. Trump will never redeem himself in the eyes of the public because the liberal media has sold the narrative and they've bought it hook, like and sinker. All we have left are the actual issues and convince people that his economic plan will actually benefit yourself and your children on a far greater level than hers. And her plan is working consistently with these lobbyists groups that currently have a system in place, which is putting many American people out of work or forcing them to take low-paying jobs. That's what people need to hear. If they hear that and people that I tell that to who are Hillary supporters, 80% of the time I see them turn around and say, I didn't realize that. Now I'm going to reconsider voting for Trump. That's what I hear all the time. But don't get into the mudslinging thing because you won't win that war because she has a bigger arsenal than he does. That's all I'm trying to say. And Cindy, go ahead. I do want to bring in real real quick. Go ahead, Cindy, jump in, and then I'm going to bring in uh, Christine, and then I'm going to bring in John. Uh, So you guys are on deck, so to speak. Uh, First of all, first of all, um, you know, you said the media. uh, We need to just get over it and and not think about the media anymore, and just move on to the next thing. But I and I agree with that on on the. on the basis that I cannot, I can no longer trust in the media uh, that I have on television uh, to get my information, to get truthful information. So you're right about that. But we still have to do our best to expose this bias. Every time we get a chance to, any time we get a chance to talk to people about it, we need to show exactly what they do, what is their method, how do they do it, um, and 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 how are they biased, in what way, and 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 expose it as best as we can. The second thing, I travel around a lot too. In fact, I just got back from Texas uh, two days ago, and I was in the middle of that Delta Airline fiasco. It took me from 2.30 uh, Monday afternoon to 6.30 in the morning, this mor- uh, Tuesday morning, to get home from Texas. So, and, and the whole time I'm in the, at the the airports were so crowded and and you know we're all in there we're all in the same in the same boat so we're sitting around at the the bars and the restaurants and we're talking and I t- tell you the truth I couldn't find anyone who was for Hillary uh, everywhere I go here in Florida or anywhere I've gone in in the United States and just talked to regular people they nobody's for her I have one friend who is for her right well I got two unfortunately. Uh, and 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 I know of one other one. I don't know her personally, but I know of one other person. But basically, when I look around my neighborhood and all around this county, uh, and everywhere I I traveled all over um, in Texas, there aren't any Hillary signs in the yards. There's no Hillary signs anywhere. No, nobody well, of is not, outwardly. Not in Texas. Nobody is. Well, you live in a conservative state, ma'am. Come on, I mean that well, goes Well, I yeah, Florida. I don't live in Texas. I live in Florida. But even here in Florida, there is there is no Hillary signs out. Now I'm not saying that you can't go down to Miami and see a bunch of Hillary signs, or you might not, you might find a bunch of Hillary signs in Orlando or Jacksonville or whatever. But the, what I'm saying is, when you're traveling places and you say all you see is anti-Trump or people that are concerned about him and say that he's not fit. I'm thinking you're probably traveling in the exact opposite circles that I am because the circles that I am traveling in, they're saying exactly the opposite of what you said. 
so I, I think it's going to take the election itself to really open this up and, and get the get all the answers to us because we cannot trust the polls, we cannot trust the media, and so we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. But when I think of how everyone is so thinking so negative about our government right now, I can't help but think that they don't want to go into another dynasty and keep that Clinton dynasty moving. Um, they, we rejected the Bush dynasty. I think we would reject the Clinton dynasty. And, and I really think people are going to look for something outside the box, and Trump is definitely outside the box. But I do wish he would curtail his little tongue just a couple Right. I just, in in a way, it's almost like you kind of feel, and I don't, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but it's almost like Trump is McCain and Palin all over again to a degree, right? No, where it was not like, close. Not, not, not as bad, but, it, it, but there's a McCain certain degree a of it where it's like, oh, no, no, I'm not talking about like character. I'm not talking Trump. I'm talking from, from their perspective. We're talking about outside of the conservative view. Is that, I don't think anybody that, sees – nobody sees McCain – as the maverick he tried to portray himself. Oh no, himself. I don't mean it in that <laughs> no. sense. I'm talking about I'm talking about how McCain and Palin's overall incompetence and seeming just I don't know I don't know just overall political weakness the way they just portrayed made it like basically gave the election to Obama but, in a way it was it was a cakewalk and I feel like Trump well, it was a, in a way it was a to perfect, the general well, public was, they kind of look at the same way where like his incompetence was, sometimes was, his behavior it's almost like he's he's trying to lose it it's like I feel like if Trump just had enough self-awareness to realize and just say to himself, look, the liberal media is going to take any little thing I say and they're going to blow it out of proportion like they did yesterday. And so I have to have some type of self-discipline to say I'm going to curtail what I say, what I do, to not give them you know, ammo, and he keeps doing it. I don't understand well, how he, he does be, not understand let's be, that. Well, let's, well, let's be honest. He may not be – I mean because he's not as – I mean he, he's not – and we're going to get uh, – we're going to get Christine after my comment here. Uh, here's the thing. Here's what I think. He may not be able to do it. It may not be within his being to do it. For one, I mean, look, let's look at Hillary Clinton, and I'm going to be brief. Let's look at Hillary Clinton. She's been in politics for, gosh, how many years? Seriously. He's been in politics for a year or so. He's not as polished. He's not, he, he hasn't had decades, three, four decades, to hone his skill and watching his mouth and what he says, he just—he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that skill. Well, you don't need polish. He's with this election. Wait a minute. General common sense. Like you wouldn't—you wouldn't make the same gaps. Well, well, hold on, because I want to bring Christine in. Okay, but but here's here's my point: is that I think besides the electoral system, you know, besides the electoral, you know, electoral system, I think. And to this election here, and, and maybe more so than anyone, at least in my time, okay, uh, is that this is actually going to show, in, in my opinion, the gullibility, I almost dare say, the intelligence, you know, as a whole, you know, of the American people to be fooled by this lady. By the mainstream media, I mean, if, 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 the, if the people of the United States or the voters of the United States, really, I mean, are I, I don't want to say dumb enough, but it, it almost no, comes they to are, that. sir. That, that's already that's been established you know? for the last ten years <laughs> to vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, 
You know, <laughs> it's just it, no, it's of course it is. That, that's what the, that's what the liberal really and the Democrats are banking on. They're banking on that, and they're anticipating that. That's why everything they say speaks to people being that way. That's why they don't talk policy. They don't talk information. They don't engage in logical debates. All they engage in is name calling and demonizing the opponent. That's all they do because they know that's what Americans are. This thing has turned into a an American Idol contest. That's what that's what politics in America is basically just unfortunately turned into. And Jefferson was right when he said American the American system can only succeed if the American populace is well informed and educated and understands issues and votes according to good reason, not just what we have now, which is, is an embarrassment to the founding fathers of this country. But that just goes without saying. And as a conservative, you have to anticipate that. And you have to understand the playing field. You can't sit here and complain about your environment. You have to adapt and survive in it. That's that's what our goal should be, is to win. Not to, quote-unquote, make a level playing field. That will never happen. And Trump is, for whatever reason, whether it's been the fact that he's been wealthy his entire life, so he's never had to be in a position where he's had to, uh, as the Bible says, using treaty, how, how the proverb says, the rich speak harshly, but the poor must use entreaty. Trump has been in position in his entire life to always speak harshly and demand things and get them. He's probably never even actually been in a position where he's had to ask for things or take a position of humility in the circumstance. And so it's reflective in his demeanor now in the sense that he doesn't seem to even understand that concept. And it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a travesty that the movement and cause that he represents, which is great, is, could actually be undermined by his own character flaws is incredible. And how we had someone like Carson yeah. or Cruz, who, and, main, and I don't agree with Cruz from political, there's certain things I disagree with him about, but at least he had the understanding of, and so, so did Carson, about how you conduct yourself, how you present yourself, because you have to understand what your enemy is doing. They have that awareness. Trump is completely almost aloof to that, and he could actually lose an election that he should easily win. It should be a landslide. She's the worst presidential candidate probably in the last 50 years of America. But this guy, for what, he could actually blow this thing. I, I'm, I'm seriously, I mean, and if, you, if you're not concerned and actually generally... No, I, no, I agree with that. I think he very yeah, well I mean, could. got to be. I am concerned with that. But let's go ahead and get, if, uh, let's go ahead and get uh, Christine on the line. We've been getting, uh, having her wait for a while, and then I've got John. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, welcome so Christine. Thank you very much, Christine, coming to the show. How are you? Well, you know, like I told you, uh, with my new position, I have to take a milder stance. As you know, I've been calling your show now for years, and every time I call, everything I say is Constitution, 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 and everybody around the country says I'm crazy, except the Supreme Court. When they did that decision against Barack Obama that upheld Every one of my constitution cases on immigration. And as I listen to people talk, I just really feel sorry for them, you know, because everything that Senator McCarthy said was going to happen to America is happening. He said once they took that constitution out of school, people would be babbling millions and billions of words and still haven't said nothing. No one I've heard in the what my goodness, since this whole thing has been going on, can back up anything that they say with the Constitution. Now, according to Justice Roberts and his crew, their decision, technically it crowns me, Christine Timmons, the U.S. Queen of Constitutional Law. 
at this point, I have a challenge out to Congress, all the attorneys, the federal courts, the legislators, local and state government to a $1,000 admission challenge, one-on-one debate. It costs you $1,000 just to get in. If you beat me, then I give you your $1,000 back because you're not going to do that anyway. Two attorneys have already accepted (laughs) and called and canceled it. Now, here's what I'm hearing from everybody in this country. You think Donald Trump is mean. Donald Trump is a choir boy. When you read what the Constitution actually says about immigration, when you read what the Constitution says about religious terrorism and the Homeland Security website, when you read what it actually says about the wall, when you read what it actually says about what Mr. Trump want to do, put the 35% tax on any company to leave here and take our jobs, he's just a choir boy. When you read the Constitution, he's talking about he's going to deport 11 million. When you read the Constitution, it's over 50 million. Got to be deported. How do you do it? You deport them out of America. How do you do that? You take away their citizenship and send them back to state power, take away all federal entitlements. That's in the Constitution. And guess what? On the religious issue, under the Constitution, he told about he ain't going to let no more Muslims come here. Well, under the Constitution, it say every one of them is supposed to be expelled since 1965, citizenship revoked, baby's birth certificate invalidated. All money from the federal government is supposed to be cut off immediately. The wall, that's in there about four times on the defense of the nation. All of these things that he say. People, the reason people think he mean, it lets me know that they are constitutionally illiterate. And that is why I will be, I'll be introduced this coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock at the Broward County Commission. It's going to be spectacular. I have got to bring the Constitution back to the eyes of America so you will know when somebody lies. You look in that book, and if it's not in that book, it's a lie. And this is not anything big shot. This is elementary school stuff that we had to have in the 50s or you stand a whipping. And then I grew up in all the things that we had to learn. The Senator McCarthy made sure we learned the government flipped the script and started doing the Immigration Act of 65, and that's how we got all this stuff that's going on here. So I say to all you people, one thing that I've told you about Mr. Trump being a choir boy, and i got to get with him some kind of way. It's about 10 clauses that he needs to learn, maybe about 200 words. And these clauses are only what, 10 or 15 words long. Some of them may be 40 or 50, but there's not very much to learn. He needs to call a news conference and have tell everybody to tune in, bring your doggone computer with you, and he will tell you what the immigration laws are, and he will tell you pull up such and such, and you read it for yourself because everybody thinks he's so mean. And if, look, if he be this docile, when he gets to be president, I'm going to sue him just the same way as I did Obama. If he don't start throwing these people up out of here, and if he don't get our Social Security money back like the Constitution says, if he don't tax GM and Ford everybody else, I'm going to file a lawsuit against him uh, for, for being too nice. What he say is really, really nice stuff. And then so far as the media goes, you people got to understand they're constitutionally illiterate, illiterate too. They don't know that he's right. They don't realize 
under the Constitution, Hillary is committing treason and sedition. Anytime you speak anything against that Constitution, it is treason and sedition. She's trying to teach the overthrow of the Constitution like they've been doing since 1965. Donald Trump, he's not committing any treason or any of sedition. He just is not strong enough with it. But since don't nobody know the Constitution, it's, oh, my God, he's so bad. And on the issue, nobody's focusing on the issue. When the guy was talking about the economics, I bet you he doesn't know that the U.S. attorney has determined that billions of dollars from Medicare that's killing our Medicare system is being policed out of it by the immigrants. All you people write this down. F B.I. arrest 90 South Florida Medicare fraud. And read it for yourself. U.S. Attorney Will Ferrer, a year and a half ago when he busted them, he said South Florida is the immigrant crime wave area and that the Cubans have found myriads of ways to fleece America. My Medicare of hundreds of millions. And he said, my next raid, I'm going to get the billionaires. Well, that was 10 days ago. Google, largest Medicare raid in U.S. history. Miami again. He got the billionaires. So I've told everybody in Florida, all the legislators, you people are supposed to be having a news conference to tell the people where the darn Medicare money at. And I've told everybody in Congress who anybody, you better not say a word about Medicare reform unless you tell the people that all the money is really in the Cuban National Bank. And this is what you're going to read on those two websites. Now, that's your economy. And on the, the Muslims, oh, they got to go under the Constitution. When you yeah, declare but ma'am, ma'am, a you, holy you cannot, war, when you, you can't cite them the more Constitution. Here's how I'm going to Christine and that. Here, well, real, real quick, because uh, we're going to bring, th- bring things around. It will be Christine, and then we're going to bring John in, then I want to bring, well, and then bring Jim in, and then we'll uh, bring things around. Go ahead, Christine. Okay, because I and, and when they speak, tell me the clause that they that they're referring to. If it doesn't have a clause, I don't want to hear. It. That's the way I do things now, because I'm the queen of U.S. constitutional law. I'm the one that's got all these cases in that I just won. I'm the one that's doing this for 20 years. I'm the one that went to law school nine years. I'm the one that know every word of the U.S. Constitution. So anything you say, put out a, a clause with it, please. If it doesn't have a clause, and let's I don't go ahead and. Hear it. Well, bring them on in. Okay, Christine, we appreciate it. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and bring it, John, and then bring it back over uh, to you, uh, Jim, and then Michael, and then uh, we'll we'll bring it back around that way. Let's go ahead and welcome John. Okay. Thank you very much, John, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? And remember, the mic mics are on there. But go ahead, John. Yeah, I appreciate everybody's feedback and input because each one, each every person that comes on this show has their own unique perspective and experience that they bring to the table. To well, I want to say thank you because I feed off of you guys all the time. I might say something myself, but I'm still learning. And it t- it's going to take all of us because think about it. If um, Donald Trump is lucky enough to get elected, we already have seen because, number one, he picked Pence to be his VP mate which kind of bummed me out because I thought he was an outsider and he picked, I mean, I thought Donald Trump was an outsider and then he picked Pence, which is somewhat of an insider. 
So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still not ready to jump on board yet. And then he went ahead and endorsed um, Paul Ryan and McCain and Ayotte and people like that, which are insiders. And so I'm like, okay, now it's going back to what I said about two or three shows ago. We got to watch out on the down ballot because if Trump doesn't have surrogates that he can poke into those slots, then the Republican establishment people are going to put in those positions that they want to rule and reign, and they'll let Trump talk all day long and say what he wants, but they'll only pass what they want. And what don't make it to the president's desk doesn't matter if Trump wants it or not. He's, they're only going to allow the things that they want to get to his desk. And so we'll be stuck in that same situation where we got the elitist running the show again, and the same old, same old, but everybody is saying some very valid points, and we need to take all of it at heart and think about what we can do towards making sure not only we get through this election, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because you all know from previous shows I'm not a Donald Trump fan, and I'm hoping everybody will wake up from their stupor and, and will find a person that's actually more qualified to actually be the president. But unfortunately, under the circumstances, with the media being bought by certain people that want to feed the fire for you know, the corporate, global, yeah, I mean, multinationalist people to continue to maintain Lord, their... Stranglehold on America And then also all the Posters and stuff being bought and sold And then the election ballot Machines being You know manipulated Fraudulently and stuff We got a big Hill to climb but If we allow ourselves Because of way that doesn't Allow deception to derail Us and we can actually Unify in where we're at And act upon the things that we can do to help make things work out in the future, then do what? Well, I just said that's a great opinion. Yeah, I was going to, for those of us, it just throws me off when I hear other people talking and stuff, or or it's noise in the background. So if you're not talking, if you can mute your phone so we can hear each other, that would be great. But, uh, anyway, my concern is that we're so caught up in all of our talking about what we think, this and that, and then we don't allow the discussions to continue to something that we can actually do together to make this thing mm-hmm. work. Then we're going to get the same thing because as long as the people who are getting into the positions of power have no accountability and they have immunity to we the people, because you've heard me say this, we have to have mutual assent for all laws to each and every legal citizen. Otherwise, they just get into office and they do what they want and they're not held accountable. We're, we're always going to have the problem. But if every legal United States citizen has to consent to the laws, then those people in office can sell your power to the highest bidder and manipulate you because the person who wants to be the manipulator will have to come and deal with you directly. So why shouldn't you be profiting off of your intellectual property called self-determined governance instead of you having this fraudulent conveyance to the representative who doesn't really advocate for you and represent for you, them consolidating their power and then manipulating that power for their personal gain, trading on your property and 
denying you the right to trade and get rightful gain from that, whatever the value of that gain is. It ain't always monetary. But too many constitutional literates. But you know what? The co- I'm, ma'am, I ma'am, the, the, the Constitution hold on, is hold on, no we're longer. Gonna do this. No we're longer. Gonna do... Wait up! I stand on the Declaration. We're going to do this in order, guys. John, no, we get it. We'll, we'll be, we got plenty of time. We're not even. Uh, well, we're just about a little bit over halfway through the show. We see got we see got plenty of time. It's a three hour show, folks. <laughs> so we got we've got plenty of time for for comments. So uh, John, if you want to go ahead and finish this class, we're going to get Jim yeah. to make comment. Uh, on uh, what you're saying and uh, anything else with, uh, to add in, and then we'll bring it back uh, to you, Michael, and then Cindy, and we'll we'll bring things back around. As I said, we, we do have plenty of time. John, go ahead and set up. Okay. I appreciate everybody in saying that the Constitution is important. The, the real reality of life is that the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, all our laws don't mean squat unless we all mutually agree that otherwise – People give lip service to it, and then we shoot our cops because we're tired of being held accountable to laws that we didn't consent to whenever the people in power forced the police officers to come and hold you accountable to laws you did not consent to. So it's it's Great Britain, King George mentality, forcing their will on us without our consent. So it, none of this stuff matters unless we all agree together. Hold on. It's, it's all a deception. Let's not talk while somebody else is talking. Go ahead, John. But anyway, it's all a deception and a scam unless we truly really learn how to – and I'm learning too. Don't, don't think that what I'm saying is that I got my act together. I'm in a continual learning process, and I've still got areas that I need to learn how to be a better communicator, but I can't figure out how to communicate to Sybil and all 16 personalities at the same time, so I'm doing the best I can. But anyway, we we all have to come in agreement on the founding of our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Otherwise, we're each running on our own idea of what those things mean. And if we're not all on the same page, working in unity and true unity of those, then we're all going in different directions with rowing the boat together in the same direction. I yield the floor for now. Thank you very much. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Jim. I'll uh, make comments on that, and then after you, we'll have Michael and then Cindy, and then uh, we'll bring it back. Uh, we'll bring it back to you, Christine. Go ahead, uh, Jim. Uh, can you, you hear me okay, Robert? Can you hear me okay or not? Yes, I can. Yes, I can hear you good. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I just wanted to, uh, you know, again, I'm not dis- dis- uh, enga- uh, allowing or disrespecting uh, anybody's testimony on what they're running into out there but i just want to emphasize i some of the things that are being said not by john but some of the previous things are are we're be careful not to accept the premises that the big face face value because every you, you you know people think uh, they'll say well you're making every, like everything is a big conspiracy or everything is too controlled remember yeah, Jim, you are breaking up there, somebody. Okay. Somebody comment and then then come to me and just just after a few other. Yeah, Jim, we're losing your audio. <laughs> All right, hey, the floor for somebody and I'll be. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is because uh, I said I was going to play the audio. 
uh, is let's go ahead while Jim's uh, – and I'll keep the mics open so people can either mute their mics or whatever uh, until uh, you're called upon. That's fine because then I don't want to keep uh, muting and unmuting your, your mics. If you could do it on your end, that would be great. Uh, until he's got his audio back, let's go ahead and hear that Roger Stone audio clip that I was referring to earlier. I think your audience knows, I think we all know, that in this day and age, a computer can do anything. These voter machines are essentially a computer. Who is to say they could not be rigged? Of course they can. Now, you ask me why the Republicans don't do it. Quite sadly, I think they do. That's why I briefly had to leave the Republican Party and become a libertarian. I have no doubt that after the last election, when Karl Rove who was uh, George Bush's campaign manager and uh, a Romney partisan, insisted that, no, no, your numbers have to be wrong, he said on Fox. Romney will definitely carry Ohio. The reason he was so certain is because it was bought and paid for. He knew the fix was supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I can only conclude that sometimes things don't stay bought. And perhaps Obama came in with a better offer. But yes, we do have widespread this stuff voting. is going to horrify most voters. I mean, this is amazing. Well, I think that there's a mathematician named Richard Charnin. He's a very eccentric fellow. Last time I met him, he was wearing a ski jacket in 90-degree weather. He's one of those. <laughs> he's also brilliant. He's a retired mathematician, and he's a genius. He's written an extensive monograph on how every election in the state of Wisconsin in the last decade has been stolen. And you figure this out by comparing the polling on a district-by-district basis to the results, and then you'll find a swing that is just mathematically impossible. In other words, if you were losing a given precinct by uh, you know, four points, and then you win it by 12, such a swing is unlikely, to say the least. So, what does this swing? Do they typically move in one direction? Oh yeah, the elections are are rigged for one entity or the other. So, right. who are the perpetrators? The perpetrators are the people who manufacture and sell these machines. The most common electronic voting machine, which is really just a computer, uh, is a company called Diebold. Diebold's top executives and the owners of the company are major donors to the Bushes. Is this a major factor on how George W. Bush quite improbably beat John Kerry, an election that in all truth on paper, Kerry should have won and Bush should have lost. So to bring it to the current time, I think we have widespread voter fraud. The first thing that Trump needs to do is begin talking about it constantly. It's yeah. inoculation, if you will. He needs to say, for example, today would be a perfect example, I am leading in Florida. The polls all show it. If I lose Florida, we will know that there's voter fraud. Yeah. If there's voter fraud, this election will be illegitimate. The election of the winner will be illegitimate. We will have a constitutional crisis. We will have widespread civil disobedience. And the government will no longer be the government. If we can't have an honest election, nothing else counts. I think he's got to put them on notice that their inauguration will be a rhetorical, and what I mean civil disobedience, not violence, but it will be a bloodbath. The government yeah. will be literally shut down if they attempt to steal this and swear Hillary in. No, we will not stand for it. We will not stand for it. 
So, uh, I mean, the dream here, the, the ultimate, I mean, the ideal is that he wins by such a significant margin nationally that this is unnecessary. But it's, it's interesting to hear you say this, and it's, it's funny also because Trump will go there. He will go to the places other politicians won't. And he's probably the only person to run for president in the last 50 years who would dare to do this and might even get away with it. It's remarkable, isn't it, how he's just sort of re-injected reality into politics. And with Robert. that, that is the audio clip that we have you. Yes, good. We have you back, and then we got Cindy back on the line. Welcome back, Cindy. We're going to get you in too. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, you want me to go? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I'll just play that while you got your audio back, and then uh, f yourself. Yeah. Uh, then we got Michael, and then we'll bring in uh, Cindy, and then uh, we got Christine and John. Go ahead. Yeah, I just make the point that what he's talking about there is that we are taking the elections on blind faith, except in New Hampshire. Uh, These are all secret computer programs. The counties have hired them. So for anyone new, please consider going to openlettertodonaldtrump.com and read Election Night Gatekeepers. It'll tell you how – and the point I'm getting at is that you can hardly exaggerate the fact that five channels – run by probably 30 people at the top, you know, 30 executives at five channels at the most, control what goes into the tele- the homes of 300 million Americans. And then Clear Channel owns almost all the big talk stations. Maybe uh, there's one or two others, but very few companies. And that controls what's going into the car radio. So right now you have on the record, on the record, a crimes that do not need intent that Hillary Clinton has has committed, objectively speaking, that the media is not talking about. Today it came out in the emails that that Uma Erdogan or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it came out today that that Uma, whatever her name is, her assistant, was saying, now listen, this guy in this country has a $1,500,000 and we need to get in touch with him and he wants this done. It's a open pay to play illegal totally illegal for the secretary of state to be saying they're giving us money we're going to change the policy for them which happened numerous times as is documented in i think it's clinton cash by schweitzer i think uh the uh, the schweitzer from breitbart now my only point is there these these 30 executives at the top of clear channel of the iheart radio now it's called and abc and nbc etc they're controlling what's going into homes, and they're telling us that these polls are these ways. Again, I don't doubt that Mike and Cindy have anecdotal evidence from their trails. My cousin Greg is a graphic artist. He always tells me, no, there's a lot of these people that are brainwashed for Hillary. But the question is, we don't know. We're taking these polls on blind faith. We don't know how they did them. Nobody knows. Nobody even thinks about, well, they got 30 people in a room, and they dial for four hours, and one out of ten people answer the phone. What are they calling? Are the executives falsifying the results when they're turned in? Because, again, 30 people turn in their results, so maybe they reach 30 people each. But only the executives of that company whether or that college know what the results are, and they can falsify them and put them out. So we cannot hinder the future of the world on poll, public opinion polls from the five networks, uh, on exit polls from the five networks, or on uh, election night computer results that are counted on secret computer programs, totally illegal. Every county, except for five counties in New Hampshire, all their 3,136 counties and their county commissioners and their board of elections officials 
are running illegal elections. If we had, because because they're secret counts, that's against two Supreme Court decisions, which is at election night gatekeepers. So all these people should be indicted and put in jail, quite frankly. It's such a serious thing uh, to uh, – uh, to, 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 to not run a verifiable election so we know for sure what the results are. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking everyone, please, do not accept the premises that are put out by these five TV networks and, and iHeartRadio and a few other radio networks when we have no idea whether they're giving us truth or fiction. We're just accepting it on blind faith, and it's almost like the American people think the angels bring down these polls. No, the, the whole future of the world is at stake, Robert, and as you know, and we've got to be skeptical. We've got to demand an open count, and I'm asserting – I can't prove it, but I'm asserting that because of the celebrity status, status of the American people and that they want to make a change, like one of the ladies said earlier, people want to try something different. They don't want more Bushes and Clintons and Bushes and Clintons and Bushes and Clintons. They want to try something different. If we could get an open count, with no computers and, and people counting at the precincts and everyone at the precinct witnessing, Trump would win 50 to 60 percent to 20 to 25 for Hillary and the rest of the third. And the reason for that, again, is not a compliment to Trump, not a compliment to the American people, but the American people are somewhat shallow, as Mike was saying, and they will pick the exciting, funny, unpredictable celebrity every time over the dud. And Hillary Clinton is the duddiest candidate in the entire <laughs> television age. She's the worst candidate, and worse than Al Gore, since 1953 when we entered the television age. All right, go. That's yeah, her way over to uh, you, you, Michael. What, I mean, what can we do about about you know the, the voting? I mean, is it even something that that's possible with at this uh, stage in the election? I mean, in a way, the problem for, for us, for conservative standpoint, is that if we try bringing that up, you know what the liberal media is going to do. They're going to throw the 2000 election in our face and say, oh, well, Bush stole Florida in 2000 from Al Gore. And even Bush, people believe, stole the election once again from Kerry. So we lost you, Michael. I still see him on the line. Let's hope it don't drop the call because – uh, if it uh, drops after 10 minutes, we won't be able to get him back in. Well, he's I, I guess I'm going to say Bob is making in. another appearance. You're back with us, Michael? Yep, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I was just um, – when it comes to the whole voter issue, even if, even, if it, even if we believe that it is stolen, if it does end up being the case – the, the narrative, you can already see it now what's going to happen. They're going to respond. The liberal media is going to respond with, oh, well, what about how Bush stole the 2000 election in Florida and what happened in 2004 with Kerry? And they're going to flip that, and they're going to use that as a way to sort of negate it and downplay it, and eventually, hopefully, the whole thing will go aside and no one will care about it. That's what will happen. So there's not going to be this uprising against it. And when it comes to the American people, guys, at the end of the day, most people you deal with, they're not really well-versed in politics. They don't really care about policy. They're usually people who work a lot, have to take care of their family, only have minimal amount of free time. And with that, they usually use that time to entertain themselves, not get into the discipline of studying and analyzing politics. That's just not the case. And so with that in mind, the only chance people are going yeah, to get is, is in the debates. It's the only time people are going to sit down and actually listen to what, what these people stand for. Now, to the to the caller, I believe her, and I don't know if it was Cindy or the the one who was uh, talking about the Constitution. Okay, 
for that, I'm sorry to say, but that's an antiquated even mindset in this current day and age. And the reason I say that is that the liberals have done a tremendous job of completely demonizing everything about the founding fathers and the Constitution along with it. You know, for those who aren't aware, and I say this as a former liberal myself, so I understand what they've done, especially in the university, in the public high schools, and through the media. Uh, there was a famous uh, book that's widely published, uh, um, um, basically distributed amongst most schools and whatnot by uh, Christine Howard will give you a chance to answer to that. Go ahead. Yeah, she can answer that. It's called The People's History of America. And in that, he engaged in historical revisionist uh, propaganda where he basically went back and tried – portrayed America as this great evil that stole the land from the Indians and that the founding fathers were all racist and bigots and this, and they basically can design the constitution to protect just a small group of uh, upper-class white males. And this, and this is a commonly distributed theme throughout the majority of U.S. campuses, both in high school and in college. This is widely done. Mm-hmm. And so the constitution is looked at not in the same breath that it is today back in the 60s. In the 60s, it was taken a lot more serious. Today, it's looked at as an antiquated document from people who had a bigoted, small-minded world view of the world. That's how the majority of the general public, especially under the age of 35, views it. And that's been done through a war of attrition by the liberals since the 60s. And anyone who knows, say, the book of uh, Rules of Radicals by Saul Alinsky knows that how the liberal agenda and how they actually perpetuated their plan was to slowly grind away at many of the founding you know, founding principles of the country and undermining things from within, primarily through the media and through education. And they've succeeded at that. And how do we and turn this around, we, though? Well, at this point, it's almost impossible because they've, they've, they're so entrenched that it's there's basically a percentage of the population that's gone. That's just not going to happen. And the only thing that's left now is to try to hammer in logical points on um, things that that they feel like tangibly affects them, not ideals, not philosophical, political things, but something that breaks down the simple terms of this plan will provide you this amount of jobs and will better you in this way, and that's how it'll help you. Not because not because it's from a conservative or anything like that. That's not going to work. We just got to get people simple points. And if Trump can do that, he can win this thing. But you know, we'll see. It'll it'll be left to be said, but. Unfortunately for her, I really want to let her know that the whole Constitution thing, it's not going to work anymore. It's done. We live in a hyper-political correct environment that is so sensitive that even the slightest thing that's offensive is blown right out of proportion. And you're going to bring up a Constitution that at one time stated that black people were only worth three-fifths of a value of a human being? That's what they're going to throw back in your face. And that's what I hear all the time. And so you have to understand the environment you're in. You have to adapt you can't use old ways and adapt in the current environment. That's how species have gone extinct of trying to apply old rules under old climates and not adapting to the one that they're currently in. Because right now it's about survival and thriving. So I just want to, you know, put that out there and I'll just yield after that. Thank you. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Cindy, and then we'll uh, bring it over uh, so you can answer to that, uh, Christine, and then, uh, yep, and then we'll bring things back around and perhaps we'll, uh, Get to a couple of those other articles I, I have, and we'll, we'll go from there. But, uh, Cindy, you, as we say, you have the floor. Okay. Well, Mike, uh, uh, I'm going to stick with the Constitution no matter what. Um, if we lose that Constitution, we've lost America. Um, now, maybe you can make a case that we've already lost America, but basically what you're telling me is that 
um, the, most of the people in this country today have believed, have decided to believe all of the um, historical revisionism that they're learning in school and that the Constitution is just a uh, old document that moldy and we don't need it anymore because it doesn't concern it, it. It doesn't apply to us. And I have to totally disagree because I think that that document is what made us a great nation. And I think the demise of that document is what will be the default, the downfall of this nation. And I think that um, if we don't start uh, teaching the Constitution again, like Christine knows it by heart. That is the reason why people think it's a moldy old document. It's because they have no clue what's in it. They've been hearing their professors and the media and and politicians tell them that it's a moldy old document and that it no longer applies to us. But is ab- uh, and so they they don't know the truth about the document. I think if they read it, they would see that it protects every citizen. It protects every race. It protects. Um, it, it protects you against your government. It is exactly what we need to bring this uh, this country back uh, to where to where to the greatness that it once was. And and you know it, I don't think that it ever reached its full potential because the uh, what I call the new world order folks that want to uh, de- demolish our sovereignty, they have uh, constructed a plan that will. Um, make us, as Jim said, just another uh, territory in the New World Order. And and it's on purpose Which they that they will have succeed. tried. And, and, and it is in, on purpose that they have, um, um, you know, um, tried to downplay or destroy our Constitution. So, um you know, and and you 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 just commented that it's they're going to be successful. Now, as a Christian, when I read the Book of Revelation, when I read um, in Isaiah, when I read uh, um, you know all over the place where it talks about end times, what we call end times, this is going to be. Um, it, it is most likely going to happen that America loses its sovereignty and that we are pulled into this one world government where there will be an antichrist who is the leader of that government. But um, I am not convinced that the United States has to be in that one world government that the Bible is talking about. So I will fight to the end to try to keep um, our constitution and keep our freedoms and keep our protections against the tyrannical government. Um, that's my that's my opinion on that, and I yield the floor. Let's go ahead and uh, for answer, let's go ahead and bring uh, Christine in. Christine, uh, the mic is yours. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful what Cindy said, and I really Thank feel tired for the. I really feel tired for those guys. They don't understand what they're saying. Those who teach that the Constitution is a moldy old document. Don't they know they're committing treason and sedition? Back in the 1700s, if you said something like that, you'd be in court. And actually, in the 1900s, you'd be in court because that is what keeps this country going. The Supreme Court, every time they make a ruling, 
They're supposed to use the Constitution. A lot of times they do, but the most important one was the one they just did against Obama because that one, technically, it knocked out all federal immigration laws. You understand it, but they don't. And this is sad that the guys, you, you know, I've never heard these guys have been emasculated by all of these lying professors, but you got to understand about the professors. They were taught the same emasculation. They've been doing this now for about 50 years, emasculating, especially the men. They're scared of their own shadow. They're scared of a, a foreigner coming across the border. This is very frightening. They're more frightening than the doggone foreigners because they got way more power. Under the Constitution, no one coming across that border has any power at all. They must go through a rigorous citizenship. Oh, the Immigration Act of 65 fixed all of that. It fixed it where you don't have to do all that. You don't even have to swear it off to the Constitution anymore. And as a result, we got guys like the one on this, on this thing tonight. I really totally feel sorry for them because this is only elementary school stuff. And what they're doing is what Senator McCarthy said. They're, they're coming up with unfounded opinions and, 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 and inaccurate babbling. This is what he said they were going to be doing in this day. Nothing anybody has said on this show tonight is in the Constitution except Cindy. But I'm going to sign off by telling you people I'm going to do everything in my power to do what Cindy said. You people need to tune in next Tuesday to the Broward County Commission video. I will be arrayed in a, a Swabosky crystal gown, a crown. I'm arrayed in a purple and white robe, I have a scepter, <laughs> and I will be announcing the U.S. Queen of Constitutional Law, and there's a challenge out to everybody who calls themselves in government, especially Congress, to bring it. I'm going to bring it back, and then I'm just to do a rap song about the Constitution. I can get <laughs> sexy as heck. Oh, there are a couple of rap well, songs about it already, <laughs> and they're talking about Donald Trump, but some of the black guys got Trump wrapped. They love Trump because he said he will kick your, you know what, Trump, Trump. Well, you know, we're, so we're in logic after dark, uh, so you're allowed like, to say these types of things. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, you know and, and what makes me so sad these emasculated men scared of some pagan coming across that darn border. I don't care if some law did let them do it. A real man would get up and fight like they did the Europeans. I've listened to the sons of the Europeans, the bravest fighters in the world, the Irish, the Vikings, the Northmen, the English, the Germans, the Italians. They scared. You were they going to take over? And, 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 what? and so you going to sit there and let them do it? We're not, we're not fighting immigrants, what we're talking about is that we have an inner, we have been destroyed from the inside out through the liberals. And the liberals have completely dominated this country. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault for not learning. You you have no idea how bad things are. One at a time. We don't don't take a little little disclaimer here about the show measure in is that I I, I watch and listen to, as you can imagine, uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know, talk radio and political shows and thing of that nature. Uh, and one of my pet peeves is I hate when they talk over each other. So I don't, to be honest, I don't allow it oh, here. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't like it. So let's not, yeah, so let's not talk over each other. Uh, and we, we will get to uh, the Michael to the point. So we got Kelly on the line. Uh, so we'll get Kelly in. 
uh, as well. And Kelly, we'll get you in after we bring John back around on our uh, roundtable discussion tonight. But let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll get it back. We do have plenty of time uh, for the show. We still got uh, not quite an hour uh, left, but we do have plenty of time. So let's go ahead and, and send uh, Cindy. Uh, Christine, if you want to finish your thoughts, and then we'll bring it back over to John, and then we'll get Kelly in. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, some way or another, we got to get this We're not back John Wayne there. anymore is basically what you're saying. Where have no, 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 all no, the John Waynes gone? <laughs> oh, no, no, this ain't a John Wayne. This is elementary school stuff, man. Fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, those people, we knew every word of the Constitution. This ain't got nothing to do with John Wayne. This has got to do with sitting down and reading and see what the Constitution actually says we're supposed to do. And then you will realize that Donald Trump I thought you were making your we're not men anymore comments. <laughs> well, 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 I'm sorry for you. If you're not, that means you're a traitor and you're a treasonous and a seditionist and that you're emasculated by the past years of the, the, the Democrat leadership and also your communists. If you don't want to hear that, then that's what you are because that is what the Constitution taught us and that's what Senator McCarthy and all of those people back in those days, they made sure that all the elementary school children we knew our rights and now I grow up in a bunch of grown men even if it wasn't a law. Shoot! And you going to let somebody just take your stuff from you and you ain't going to fight them? You want to make that, well, yeah, they're just going to do it. A bunch of, I'm so sick of all these emasculated men. There's only about one one real man left in this country, and that's Donald Trump. And then he don't understand that what he's saying is in the Constitution. He doesn't understand that I will be able to sue him if he don't get tough. Because he's not tough, y'all think he is. You read the Constitution. I'm telling oh, well, you. He, I think he's not as tough as he puts him in when he puts pants. One final word here. When that guy said that Mr. Trump was going to do whatever, it tells me he doesn't know Amendment 14, Section 3. That amendment does not allow any president to preside over any law that's not in the Constitution. And I'm hoping that Mr. Trump will learn that. What that means is when a president takes office, they're supposed to send Congress an executive order to immediately nullify everything that's not in that Constitution. Everything that Congress does is not in there. So he would have to give Congress 28 days to fix it. And if they don't, then he, the president, has to take, he or she has to take the executive order pen and write the order and send it to the committees along with the militia to the committees. That's, and if they don't do it, then they are arrested. Oh, my gosh. This Mel, is the Constitution. This, I'm sorry, but this is Article and 1, go ahead. Section 8, Clause 15. Read it. It says the election okay, is supposed to be called out. Real quick, and at that, I, I, okay, and at that, I'm going to go ahead and bring John back in, and then Kelly, then we'll bring it over uh, to Michael, and then we'll bring Jim back in. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring back in John. John, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Christine, got to hold you off. Uh, go ahead, John. John, go ahead, bud. My, my whole perspective on this is that every single legal United States citizen is an equal citizen in governing. They're not equal in peanuts, equal in cars, equal in whatever, televisions. They're equal in governing. 
And the reason I said I stand on the Declaration of Independence is because I look at all the laws through the Declaration of Independence because the Declaration of Independence stands on the shoulder of all the bloodshed that our founding patriots shed in order to get the Declaration even established. And so, therefore, without the Declaration of Independence, nothing else even has an opportunity to exist, in my humble opinion. And like I said before, anything I say is just my opinion because I'm not Mr. Know-it-all, and I'm still learning. And anyway, I would say that it would be very beneficial in understanding that each and every one of us are in a different place in life in our understanding all knowledge. And for me to convince somebody else to follow me, I have to respect them for where they're at. And I have to care enough about them to let them know that even though they may not see things the way I do, I still know they have value, significance, importance, and worth. And so, therefore, I say to each and every one of you, thank you again for bringing your unique perspective to the table for me to learn from. And in in that process of you knowing that I actually care about your well-being, that I want you to have the opportunity to decide for yourself what in, encumbers you, burdens you, and you're obligating yourself to in all governing, then hopefully you'll respect me the same, and we can have a civil conversation like our founding in the halls of independence in order to bring forth the Declaration of Independence, because without civil discourse, we never achieve much of anything. However, there is a time to rise up and bear arms when a tyrant is trying to overthrow you, and so I do stand in the spirit of what I understand King um, or George Washington stood up against King George. And there are a whole lot of people that like this authoritarian mentality that want to be in positions so they can, you know, dictate and tell everybody else what to do and what to think and stuff. And those people um, have to be brought down to the reality of the forefathers fighting saying we're all equal and we're going to have to work together. Otherwise, we're just going to all keep fighting and kill each other because no laws mean anything if we don't agree together on those laws or whatever it is. I look at the Declaration of Independence as a covenant to every one of us, and the Constitution has to be viewed through that covenant document, the Declaration of Independence, in my opinion, or it has no weight. And I don't see that my black brothers and sisters in the past that were treated like slaves just because the Constitution deems them one-fifth a person doesn't justify that that document is is totally whole. But I don't throw out the baby with the bathwater and say all the rest of it is worthless either. Take it with a grain of salt and let's improve on it like all the other amendments tried to improve on it. And some, of the, some, of the, some of the amendments that were done were done in a way that were um, – disrespectful to the rest of the population because they, the people who were in office at the point that they tr- passed those amendments, they denied the rest of the citizens their rightful place in self-governing. So those documents, in my opinion, don't have much validity. They should be null and void because they've already circumvented the freedom of contract, freedom of association, freedom of conscience, 
and not treated each legal citizen as a equal legal citizen in governing. I yield the floor and thank you for your time. You're welcome, John. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming uh, to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing all right. It's after hours, so I can tell jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so as far as lunch again, after dark, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, there was one funny one that uh, Gary Johnson came out with lately. He said, you know how crazy this election season is. I might end up being president. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> You know, like Robert. You heard Biddy. the new one about he's he's adopting Bernie Sanders, uh, part of Bernie Feel Sanders. You know how it's feel the burn. Yeah, yeah. change it to feel the Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might make a big difference. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Sandy, you finally got that, right? <laughs> no. So anyway, uh, you know. Yeah. Sorry, ladies, but it is Bard's logic after dark. Because that that well, is a, a little joke that's running around. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, like yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sure did burn the. Burn the anyway. So um, <laughs> burn the Johnson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ow, that's even worse. Oh, Ouch. That's even worse. <laughs> oh. Oh man, let's oh, not go there. Y'all gotta cut okay, it out. into the hands of the states. He's starting to say that because he um, crashed and burned last time running because of that, a lot of people. And like, dude, I'm not so sure either. I wrote in Ron Paul. But anyway, uh, the three branches of government are Larry, Moe, and Curly. The, um, what do you call them? You know, a group of doves. It's called a peace or uh, a murder of crows, a flock of seagulls, etc. A group of bad boons is called a congress. Um, anyway, uh, let's see what I don't know if Jim covered some of the things that we discussed on our conference call last night. We had an interesting, uh, gosh, we had a really good call. We got people calling in wanting to submit petitions or complaints to civil grand juries, and that's pretty exciting. And I ran across something. Um, oh my gosh, Sacramento, um, a gentleman by the name of Mark, he uh, submitted a complaint to the grand jury and the grand jury ordered back. And what's this about? It's again, chronic election fraud in California. And I got this uh, letter from the grand jury in my hot little hand here and uh, signed by the grand jury foreman or four person. And uh, a number of errors here. And I found it interesting because I think we've got to try another approach. And uh, I think one of our watch the vote members might be listening um, so we can try another approach. But basically, there's errors in this letter. Um, uh, dear Mr. Mark, on behalf of the Sacramento County Grand Jury, I acknowledge the receipt of your complaint. The complaint submitted does not fall within the Sacramento County jurisdiction. Eh, wrong. Uh, somebody didn't read California Penal Code 888-939, through that they do have the power to investigate the equipment of the, uh, the, equipment of the county the processes of the county, the procedures of the county, and the personnel of the county. Um, it goes on. Um, oh, here's another sentence. 
since a grand jury is an arm of the court, eh, wrong. <laughs> Hale versus Henkel, the grand jury was not created for the courts or the prosecutor, but for the government and the people. Um, we, we really can't do this. Um, and then they did another sentence. And so what we're going to do, hopefully, with uh, Mark, he was on our call last night. Um, actually, Chris from Watch is over. Hopefully, he'll submit another complaint and give the grand jury their power. Here's your power. And by the way, here's some declarations. Yeah, this uh, pulling people off the voter rosters who were going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that's kind of illegal. We want you to investigate that. And you have the power. Here you go. If they still respond by saying, oh, it's not within our jurisdiction, then hopefully uh, with, with um, the other uh, petitioner will sue. We'll sue for declaratory judgment in which the court would say, yeah, the grand jury has this power. Okay, good. Now let's go to the next step and try to find out who was tampering with the grand jury to stop them from doing what we're asking. We might, uh, as it happened in 2012, and this happened to me, Six weeks later, the county council who was advising the grand jury resigned. Well, he had a new job. Whether he resigned or forked out, I don't know. So we might try this again um, because I expected this kind of tampering because um, either by just complete misinformation, by I don't know how, or being misadvised, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if some government agent gets their job removed again. So that's going to be – because we – Donald Trump's calling election fraud, and he's saying, you know, it's going to be rigged. We've got to get out there. The Republicans got to get out there and make sure and they're watching this and that. Otherwise, you know, Hillary can steal it. And that impact from Trump's words got to the president's ears, and then he did a speech on it. And you can hear his speech on our uh, Facebook page, Watch the Vote 2016. And there's a video up there, and you can see Obama says, oh, you know, this stuff never, never, ever happens. Next slide, somebody put in a video where somebody went to press the touch screen voting machine. They touched Bernie Sanders' name, and, oh, you know, the candidate just above him. And, well, they undid it, and they redid it, touched right on Bernie Sanders' name, and it clicked, not Bernie Sanders, but the person above them. Hmm. So then Obama goes on with more more speeches. Oh, no, no, there's no problem. Our election system is just fine. Then they go... To a state house, I saw this video years ago. The state house legislators, okay, there's a bunch of empty seats around in the legislature, and they took a vote. And the guy would push the button in front of him, yes or no. And then he got up out of his chair, went to the guy that's missing, and voted for him, and voted for someone else. And pretty soon, everybody's doing it. And then Obama back to, oh no, our election is just great. It's wonderful. We have one of the best systems. Uh, of election integrity, and you, know, you can watch this video and you'll know, bust up laughing because Obama looks like a clown. Oh, there's no evidence. Oh, really? Look at all this. It's it's so mind blowing. Um, you know, the bottom line is, folks, we're just saying, hey, join us on Watch the Vote. Uh, lend a hand if you can. We've got some techniques. We're going to eventually. Uh, I don't know if Jim Jim Condit talked about this earlier, but we kind of were asking for all hands on deck. Going to watch the vote, how can you help us? Well, there's a lot of things because we're going to be launching a nationwide uh, de- um, petition system so that we get um, grand juries all over the country. This is our end goal, and the grand jury has the power to do this. At 1 o'clock on Election Day, they walk into the polls. They grab ballots. They start counting. 
And when that happens, the poll workers are going to call the election clerk of the county to the election clerk if they're cheating. They're going to need a fresh change of underwear. And when they, the election clerk calls the Secretary of State, like Alex Padilla, who's a big Hillary Clinton fan, he's going to need a fresh change of underwear. So we we need to do, this is another technique, but we need to do this, folks. And so we're just asking people to join us up on uh, Facebook, Watch the Vote 2016, and see how much more of an impact we can make. Um, I'm getting calls from people. Do you also have a Watch the Vote USA, Kelly? Well, we have a website, too. The website is watchthevoteusa.com. And there you go. Oh, but the Facebook is yeah, there's yeah. So anyway, we need to do this in other states. We had people call from see Kentucky, Washington, Illinois, DC. Um we've had other people call from other states too on our weekly conference calls. And you can join our conference calls too, of course. The schedule's on there, seven o'clock Pacific time. Um but it's something the way Hillary cheated um Bernie Sanders um, I mean, same party. How is she not going to cheat Trump? So you know, we're we're kind of kind of making the call, all hands on deck. So we can get ready. We only have like 90 days left um, before the election. So anyway, I just want to do a little plug there, and hopefully, people can join our our movement and make a difference. Yeah, we'll we, I mean, we definitely got to do. Online. You know, yeah, definitely got to do something. Go ahead. Yeah, Tim's on the line if he wants to throw some comments out, or Chris. Oh, Jim? Um, I think I think Kelly... And then we're going to bring Michael in. Go ahead, because he referred you, and then I we're going to bring uh, Michael back in. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Or at least I can. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think Kelly uh, covered it pretty well. Remember, though, that uh, my input on that is that Though the vendors who run the computers, there's three of them, big ones, ES&S, um, Dominion, which bought Diebold, and uh, Hart. They count between 80 and 96% of the vote in the United States with the permission of the counties. So um, this is the problem. These vendors have the motive, the means, and the opportunity, uh, and so they're the ones that should be investigated. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, the, the Hillary... The powers that be obviously wanted Hillary over Bernie, and uh, we'll see. I think they're still deciding, but it's iffy. Uh, I mean, we don't know what they're going to decide, but at the moment it looks like they're laying the groundwork to have people believe it's a close election, and hence they got Hillary way ahead in everything they're announcing. And I think that um, the comments of John and others here, there's much deeper issues we could talk about, and I believe in that those deeper issues are what we have to understand. But I'm kind of caught up in the fact that 90 days from now we're going to have an election, 95 days, whatever it is. And um, mm-hmm. while Trump, we've talked in other calls that nobody is saying Trump's perfect, but we are literally looking at the long slide of America into some kind of communism if Hillary gets four years. The people behind her – I mean, I, the the fact that people would want four more years of what we've already had, eight years of in some ways, and some ways we've had back to 1992, the New World Order has been making great gains. The shadow government, whatever you want to call it, has been making 
great gains behind Clinton, W. Bush, and Obama. So uh, the fact that people wouldn't want to try to shake things up is unbelievable. And, and to me, the entire issue uh, is, is uh, Mike offered that he thought it was the Bates, and that kind of assumes that people that the uh, media is not going to just jump on some. You know, the, the media will probably say, "Oh, Hillary Clinton finished a paragraph, so she deserves to be president. She didn't stumble once in that paragraph." And anything Trump does, anything <laughs> he says, anything colorful he says or interesting, they'll try to twist it around as if he's the idiot. They're keeping the focus on him 24 hours a day the exact same way they could have done to anybody. Barack Obama said, I think we visited all 57 states. They could have used that comment over and over again to destroy him, just like the fact that Dan Quayle uh, wrote potato with an E, which is a secondary spelling in the big dictionaries. Potato with an E is Mm -hmm. a proper spelling, but it's kind of fallen out of use. But they've used that to this day to try to destroy Quayle, because I think – him being out of the heartland of America, though he was no prize, he, he compared as a constitution. But compared to the constitution, he was not. He was really totally inadequate. But I think the powers that be still feared Quayle as president because he might go back to his basic instincts. The same same way that they fear Trump because mm-hmm. they don't feel they can control him. So again, I don't want to drone on and on. I just want to say that I don't want to uh, skip uh, act like this. This is these basic issues that John and others have brought up are not important and Cindy and so forth. But right now um, I, I'm trying to focus people that the issue to me is that Trump demand an open count and say, if it's a computer count, then it can be easily rigged against me. If that was said over and over again, I don't believe the powers that be would dare to rig the election uh, against him because um, they would be in danger of being totally exposed if on election day half the people think that Trump was cheated, then the whole system is tottering because people are uh, now saying, gee, is this government even legitimate? That's what we need to happen. Um, I, one thing I want to I, – I, 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 this might be Mike from Minnesota's first call here, but I, and certainly I, I, I appreciate him and don't want him to feel unwelcome. But I do want to say I don't agree with the idea that we have to accept that the liberal media – will now be the bar, and we got to just face we're going to have a liberal media. No, we need to start calling for the arrest of the heads of the five major media for treason. The, the news they're blocking that we need to know. What's happening in the Mideast, the, the one million to two million people, Iraqis that have been have died due to the everything that the, the, the criminals running the United States have done over there. Uh, I mean, that, that, does everyone know that a million to two million Iraqis have died since 1992? Many of them due to a blockade of medicine and food. Did the American people willingly know that that was happening? But the, you know, while the news media reports on Kardashians, they don't tell us what's going on over there in the way that they should. And uh, uh, again, that might be a big debatable topic on on this channel. But I, you know, with and the Rod's logic, I, I don't, uh, I'm not offended if people disagree with what I'm saying. But all I'm saying is, is that. We need to start talking about arresting the head of these five networks for treason because of the information they hold, they withhold, the corruption of minors, of minors through the immoral programming they put on, and their neck deep in helping to protect these illegal, secretly counted elections. We just lost. It does, and I'll end We just with this lost Mike while I was getting ready to get him back in. Hmm. He, he dropped off. 
Yeah, I was getting, I was getting ready to get back in, but uh, yeah, we dro- dropped the call. He can't. He can't. Uh, oh. He can't call back in. No. Once we get. Yeah. Once we get. Yeah. Once we get into the third hour, you can't call back in, unfortunately. Okay, and you can't call them, I guess either. But uh, no. Uh, no. At, at any rate, the point is, is that it is not our job to prove that the elections are, 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 have been rigged. It is the Board of Elections' job to prove to the public that they, they are reporting what the voters voted and the elections have not been rigged. That's the only reason they exist. So don't be fooled into thinking we got to prove if the election was honest or not. they got to prove that it was, was honest to us. And if they can't, it's really an illegitimate election. So I'll end with that for now. I'm sorry Mike got bumped off. Yeah, I don't know if, uh, if that was just something where a battery died or something of that nature, or or maybe he didn't get offended or something. I don't know, but I was wanting to give him an opportunity to, uh, you know, comment. Perhaps if he ends up listening to the uh, podcast, perhaps then he'll be, uh, you know, that we were hoping he'd stay on. I was, you know, I said after Jim uh, that he was going to go next, so I was kind of hoping he'd come on so he could make. Answer that. So that that's one of the bad things here when when it gets disconnected. We don't know whether it's someone uh, purposely disconnected or if um, I feel something where they just you know their battery died on the phone or, or something of that nature. Well, Unfortunately, is, I, I don't it, have it that is, information, and I hate the fact that they can't call back in. <laughs> you know, after this time. It's twelve thirty. He might just be tired. <laughs> Well, no, it's only eleven thirty there because he's uh, Minnesota is an hour uh, behind us. Well, still, my husband's been in bed for about <laughs> four hours now. <laughs> oh wow! Well, I just yeah, I, say, I, 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 I couldn't say the last time I was. I just want to say I was probably sick the last I, time I was in bed that early. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, really. No, I I just agree with Jim there. Uh, uh, that you know, there's there's uh, got to be some kind of a check against uh, voter fraud here in this country. It's uh, it's about as out of control as it has been in Mexico for quite some time now. Um, and, you know, i got to say this. I want to go back just a minute um, because, you know, we've been talking about the things that the, the bofas that Trump is making, so to speak, um, that he's saying things that are either – um, show that he's um, incompetent somehow or show that he's prejudiced somehow or, you know, on and on they go with different things. They're trying to use everything uh, he says and twist it around. And the thing is, he's not really necessarily messing up all the time as, as much as they, they say so. Um, you take, for instance, um, the, the press conference where he made the statement that he was hoping Russia would find those emails. Point number one, you know, he, he's just dropping it off his cuff like it's a, a, a joke or something at first. Yeah, I think um, it was tongue-in-cheek when he said that. It was. It was tongue-in-cheek, and, and yet the press jumped on it like uh, like like fleas on a dog. I mean, it was unbelievable how they – I mean – that press conference was a long press. I listened to the whole thing. And when you listen to the whole press, press conference, there is absolutely nothing that he said that suggests in any way that he had any kind of a relationship with Russia or that he knew anything about Russia and email hacking 
or anything like that. Um, he, he, they, probably six, seven times, they, they brought it up again, over and over and over again, trying to make it sound like his comment meant that he had some inside information in Russia oh, and, yeah. or some friendship mm-hmm. with, and and see. If anybody had listened to the whole thing, they would know how disingenuous that was to have to have claimed that or made that seem that way. Um, and and this is the way it's been with almost all of these comments that he's made. They take them out of context, they blow them out of proportion, they exaggerate, and they spin it in a way that makes it sound horrible. And basically, you know, they're not the the comments that he's making are not that earth shaking, you know, but they can make it seem like that. Just like they made Sarah Palin look like an idiot, um, mm-hmm. uh, because she didn't come up with the name of a newspaper she read or whatever, you know. They they just really are good at that, and I hope and pray that Trump just stays on the issues. Stays away from the, the the comments like that, um, and you know you don't even need to mention that. You know, just mention what all he needed to do was to repeat what the FBI director stated. Okay, all he needed to do was that. He didn't even need to say, you know, I hope Russia gets the email. He needs to stay on focus, on task, so that they can't use those things against him. He needs to just stick to all the facts and forget the opinions. Um, because if he does that, he has a really good chance. And I Thank don't you. believe the polls. I think he's way up in the polls, but we have a lot of time before November. And it is amazing how they can tear down a, a candidate in the amount of months that, they, that we have left. They can Thank do you. so much against him. So, um, you know what? <laughs> we need to pray. <laughs> Everybody that does pray needs to pray. <laughs> um, it's it's really it's it's a well. There's just no words for what's going on out there. It's it's really sad for our country. Hey, Cindy. Mhm. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, hi, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you regarding <clears throat> prayer because. Something needs to change, um, but yeah, the, the, we did a 35-page report, and you won't believe how chronic. Uh, one attorney said um, it was either Patrakis or, or uh, Arnabed. The election in California wasn't just uh, fraud; it was a coup d'état. And she's going to try it again. But um, you're, you're in Florida, right? Yeah. Okay. Florida has special statutes that allow the grand jury to do things that's very unique. During the elections, um, yeah, it's pretty stunning what can be done in Florida. Well, so tell me. It's, well, it's it's they they can basically get the statutes allow them to get involved in the elections. I mean, the case law is already supported; they can do this. Uh, I don't have the statutes in front of me, but it's very powerful. So I know Trump's pulling ahead in Florida, and, um, but to ensure that, Florida is a swing state. And the strategy, one strategy I heard, which I think is really good, 
50% of the vote lies in 120 counties, 120 counties nationwide, meaning like, for example, L.A. or Miami or Cook County, um, Miami-Dade County, Miami. Anyway, but somebody figured it out. <clears throat> the 12 counties in 10 states is where 50% of the vote resides. And that's mm-hmm. where uh, most likely the cheating is going to be happening. Um, yeah. So if you have contacts in other counties, I have one in Miami-Dade County. But I don't know what county you're in in Florida. I'm in Volusia. I'm in a very rural county. I'm in the, I'm I'm in the county where Daytona Beach is, and uh, they are the biggest city in our in our county. Okay. And Daytona is not that big of a city. Yeah, because we're preparing stuff that people can download and send it off. I know, be some follow. We'll do that. Send something to me, and I will present it to our. Um, our chairman of our Republican Executive Committee, um, he, he may be able to. He know he has contacts all over. He's a delegate. He's been to all the you know the meetings and everything. So, do you think he's he's uh, does he like Trump or does he care more about an honest yes. election? No, he likes Trump. He's been for Trump uh, from the beginning, way way back. He's been for Trump. Uh, he was well, also cool. a Gingrich supporter. He worked for the Gingrich campaign too. Oh, okay. Well, good, good, good. All right. Well, yeah, see, this is what's um, magic about calling people and contacting people. If somebody um, doesn't, if they want to do it, yes, but if they have contacts that can get more contacts to get more contacts to get this done, this is just what's wonderful about connecting with people who want to make a difference is we can find the people that will find more people and get it done. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you my email, which is uh, Kelly Z, like Zoo. Wait a minute, um, you better not say that on the air. Just message me. I'm not, I'm friends with you on Facebook. Just message me. Oh, we're friends. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't put it out. Okay. Don't put it out there. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, NSA Bob, you've already got my my email. By the way, let's talk. Let's go to lunch. Yeah, well, yeah. Bob's got it. <laughs> Well, I'm not really. I'm not so much worried about NSA Bob because he has all of our emails. But I'm worried about all the crazy nuts that are looking around for somebody <laughs> to hack into and and bother. There's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. Well, I got a warning yesterday or two days ago. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, anyway. Guy in Santa Cruz. Yeah. He's um, Jim. I think Jim knows him. Yeah, he does. But I talked to him about some things. Um, and uh, he said, you, you you need to be careful. This is what you mean. So don't you know the dead body count already piling up with Hillary Clinton right now? You, you make yourself, <laughs> no, you know, you, you're going to end up dead. I'm like, well, I kind of knew that when I wrote my book, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, about what? that uh, the DNC, was it a DNC intern that, that showed up? Uh, yeah. That showed up dead? Yeah. Yep, now there's speculation. What happened? Tell me, he was like killed in D.C. or something, wasn't he? I think that's the number. They said it was a robbery. Was they said it was a robbery, but they didn't take anything of this. They didn't take his wallet from my state. They didn't take his watch. Didn't take his wallet. Didn't take any money from him. How's that a robbery? No, uh, I would say it wasn't. <laughs> well, I think that was Seth. Um, I want to say Richardson. Seth. He was the IT guy. 
with uh, a database that was used in the election, and uh, another person who was going to testify against Hillary ended up dead. Um, Alex Jones talked about, well, there's about five people. Even the Bernie Sanders yeah, people. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, the, the Bernie Sanders Yeah, I've got folks, a couple of friends uh, I try to warn them about Clinton, but uh, I can't believe they're actually going to vote for her. Hopefully, they well, change their mind. But. What's, what's amazing is the Bernie Sanders people, I mean, last night we kept talking after the um, conference call, and not only do they, they hate, loathe, spies, and know what Hillary's doing in the dead body count list, they were making jokes about Hillary. And it was, it was, it was, wow. I mean, they, the good news, folks, about election fraud this round, being 12, uh, well, this round, it's, it's the left and the progressives learning about it, and they're furious. In 2012, it was, it was the right and the constitutional types, Ron Paul. So you've got a whole mass of people on the left and the right educating all sorts of other people. And so it's a beautiful time to strike and, and kill this wicked beast. Well, yeah, I was hoping did. we could hear back from. Uh, yeah, I was hoping we could hear back from from Michael, but you know, it's really. Oh well, hopefully we'll we'll hear from him on a subsequent show. Go ahead, John. And we're almost getting right. We're almost time for uh, closing comments, unfortunately. But go ahead. Yeah, I figured I better jump in if I wanted to say anything else. Um, the the nice thing about what Kelly's doing is that it doesn't matter who you're interested in voting for. If you want, you know, good elections that aren't rigged, then you'll want to be there to make sure that all the numbers are counted correctly to make sure you're, whoever you're voting for was represented correctly. So even if you, you know, think that Donald Trump's not the one, you know, some people think he was, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Some of us think he was born with a silver foot in his mouth. <laughs> a joke. I, I caught it. <laughs> but the, the nice thing, like I said, about what Kelly and him's doing is, hey, if you're voting for Johnson or, or Castle or, you know, Stein or whoever you're voting for, you want to make sure that you're person is getting represented correctly in the vote count. So I think that's a great great thing you guys are doing, Kelly. Now, well, hey, have you all heard of, have you ever heard of, I think it's Tony Schwartz? No. I think we're going to see some mudslinging. I think we're going to see some mudslinging over this stuff in the upcoming debates because um, now in, in the 70s, early 80s, there was you know, rumors about Trump having connections with mob bosses and stuff and um, people potentially being buried in some of the pillars of the buildings and whatnot. Well, that kind of stuff is kind of what made me start not liking him. I don't know. It's just hearsay. It's probably just myth. But the ghostwriter for The Art of the Deal, I believe his name's Tony Schwartz, it's I don't know for sure, but I bet you they're going to drag him out because he even said here just recently, if I heard correctly, that um, he's going to come out and tell about what a corrupt crook uh, Trump is. So get ready for some mudslinging. Let me give you the translation for that. He's been paid to come out and say what a crook Trump is. 
Well, Trump paid him to be his ghostwriter for Art of the Deal. And he right. he shadowed him for a year and a half with all of his um, family uh, involvement and his business involvement in order to write the Art of the Deal for him. And then Trump just got the credit for it. So he he tells you right up. He says, I was being nice in Art of the Deal because Trump was paying me. But here's the real Donald Trump. But see, I can't prove any of that stuff, and that's old hat. It's old long time ago. But I'm just wondering, I kind of heard that he might be coming out. And I'm thinking, well, it wouldn't be surprised if some of these people dig that up because everybody's going to dig up what they can if they don't like somebody. But, you know, Hillary's worse than Trump. So, I mean, I don't understand how anybody could vote for either one of them. But if you if you if it gets to voting day, and I realize that Hillary's going to win, well, I'll vote against her as much as I can, just like I did on all the other elections. Oh, yeah, I've never got to, I've never got to vote for anybody. I've always voted against somebody. I, I, well, I, voted, I, you know, I voted for, but you know, this this time, you know, like last year when I voted for, or not last year, but. Last time when I voted for Virgil Good, I mean I was voting for him, uh, but this year it's uh, I, it, it'd be more so voting against the electronic just can't stand her. But I do see what time it is. It's actually a quarter till, so we got to get ready to unfortunately close things up for tonight. Looks like we uh, lost Christine's call as well. Uh, it, it seems it, I tell you what, that's just the luck tonight because uh, each time I was getting ready to get the person back on, uh, maybe I needed to be more proactive in letting them know. Uh, it seemed like they hung up shortly before I was getting ready to get them back on. That's why you always should stay on. You don't know when you're going to be able to get back uh, you know, into the show. You know, just sit, try to do it the round robin. So if you know you've been at, after uh, somebody, then uh, then we'll get you in. But uh, unfortunately, we have to make the uh, closing comments. And so uh, what we'll do at first is we will go with uh, you, Kelly, and then we'll give it over to uh, you, Cindy, and then John. And then, uh, Jim, if you would give, uh, be the last for the closing comments, and then I'll have to shut things down. It looks like we probably got about, uh, about two minutes each person uh, for the closing comments uh, for us to shut, you know, shut things down. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you first, Kelly. Well, uh, I was kind of working while you guys were talking, so I don't have too much to say. Otherwise, I'm doing a call-out for Watch the vote, all hands on deck. Uh, watch the vote 2016 on Facebook. Watch the vote USA.com. As much help as we can get. Um, the left and the right's coming together on this, so the will of the American people will be respected. And it was even surprising to hear one person who is um, Citizens Oversight Project down in San Diego. His name is uh, Ray. Um, He's passionate for an honest election, and I'm like, whoa! So we got we got Bernie people who are going to hook up with us and watch the vote, and Trump people also, and hopefully we can slay the beast and have an honest election. If it's Hillary Clinton, well then so be it. If it's Gary Johnson, then um, <clears throat> I won't go into a joke. Um, <laughs> if it's Trump, then it's Trump. At least it's honest. <laughs> And I think that if we don't correct this, we are going to head into some really, really bad times uh, up ahead. I mean, it doesn't matter how much political research and studying the Constitution and case law and history, 
all the activism you could ever do if our votes are stolen from us, it means nothing. So I guess that's about all I have to say. And then we'll uh, let's go ahead and bring it over to you then, Cindy. Well, um, I think I said everything I needed to say about that. Let me just give you guys one more piece of uh, news. Um, in Iowa, they have adopted this non-discrimination requirement law. And the pastors of the churches are all <clears throat> up in arms because uh, they want the federal courts to prevent um, this law from censoring what they say from the pulpit. Mainly it regard it's regarding uh, things they might say about homosexuality and uh, marriage and transgenderism and those, those sorts of things. But anyway... Um, the state's got a civil rights commission, and they're claiming that they have authority to control the content of the sermons of these pastors. And not only that, but they are also claiming the authority. They are also claiming the authority to define what is religious speech. And so um, they're going to try to say that uh, um, that uh, sermons preaching that homosexuality is a sin, is not a religion, it's it's civil rights uh, uh, no, violation. So, you know, this, now this is already happening in China, I mean, excuse me, in Canada. Um, of course it's happening in China and everywhere else. Preachers, preachers don't have the freedom to preach what they want in those countries. But um, in Canada, they have already jailed a couple of preachers for uh, speaking out against homosexuality from the pulpit. So we're looking at um, our, our, you know, the war against Christianity has come to America, and it's funny that it's here at the Iowa, in Iowa where it's supposed to be like the heartland and, you know, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be and, and all that's that. That's where they want to start it. <laughs> has Governor yeah. Branstad signed the bill? I'm sorry, honey. What? Has Governor Branstead? I I was raised in Iowa. Did the government Governor Branstead sign the bill? Yeah. That, well, I don't know if it was he who signed the bill, but they definitely have non-discrimination requirements. And I'm not sure it's done in a bill. It may be a regulatory thing that they've done. Uh, it's not clear um, in this article how it actually was instituted. Um, uh, but anyway, they're you know the, their their legal counsel, the pastor's legal counsel, is saying that uh, it's the basics of the Constitution and that they need to be free to communicate their religious beliefs and operate their houses of worship according to their faith without fearing government punishment. So um, I mean, this is definitely um, it's it's something that it it, it is a, it's part of their civil war uh, civil rights act. And it, um, it, what happens is what it says, what the actual language is, it bans places of public accommodation from expressing their views on ho- human sexuality if they would directly or indirectly make persons of any particular gender identity feel unwelcome. So now, mm-hmm. is say the hell a public church accommodation? Then. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? No, what did you say? 
<laughs> so, I mean, I don't care if someone wants to be gay, straight, transgender, whatever. Okay, I mean, if you want to be gay, fine. Be gay. If you want to be, if a guy wants to be with a guy, girl wants to be with a girl, girl wants to be with a doll, I don't care. But the thing is, then if, if, if you if you don't want to be offended because you're going to go into the church and, and they're going to say something about homosexuality, stay the hell out of church. Right. Exactly. That's, that, that's, 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 that's <laughs> exactly. how I think about it. I don't care if you if want to you, do this, but don't go into someone's organization that for millennia has been saying that this is part of their religious dogma and then right. say, no, you can't. You're an interloper. You're an outsider. Stay the hell out. Good. Sorry. Well, you know, a pastor would never say that. He would never say, well, just hop out of the church then. Go away. He I would. would. He would try I'll to, say it. <laughs> well, but he, you, and, and, you know, maybe there are some people in church who would say that. In fact, maybe a lot of churches would. But um, the fact is pastors want those people to be there so that they'll be under the sound of the gospel and they may be able to turn their minds, turn their hearts around. Because when the Holy Spirit talks to someone, um, there's, there's, there can be a change in a person. So, you know, we always have that hope. And so we don't want to say, okay, all homosexuality, just stay out of our church. You know, I'd rather fuss with them a little bit, you know, let them, let them fuss. But you can't have the government saying to the church pastors what they can preach and what they can't preach and what's religious and what isn't religious. That's for us to declare. That's, that's, um, I want to see some government agency go into a mosque and tell some guy in a mosque that he's not allowed to preach jihad and and all this kind of stuff. I haven't seen anybody doing anything like that. Christians aren't Christians aren't um, threatening homosexuals in anywhere. They're not bombing their their um, but, but, their but bars Cindy, and all that. I, I, but I, yeah, I, I, say, I guess we're, 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 time. Time. <laughs> we're, we're about out of time. And yeah, maybe we'll, maybe if we could get some of those people from Iowa, and maybe Kill has got some contacts to get those people in Iowa, we can uh, uh, get them on the show. And uh, I'm trying to make it the Barth Logic uh, Bible Hours, Kelly puts it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something uh, that that I you know I'm against. It's like, look, I don't know. But we 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 have time later to talk about that. But let's go ahead and bring it over to Jim for your final comments, Jim. And unfortunately, I got to close things out uh, for the show. Go ahead. Okay, how, how how much time do you want me to two minutes or what 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 how much you time? Yeah, do you need? I would say, yeah, I'd say two tops. Sorry. Okay, okay. Well, let me try to do it in one, because we, we you know we we get other weeks that we can talk about things. The big a big development in this campaign is that Trump is taking on the media through Twitter, Instagram, whatever that is, and uh, uh, and Facebook. Twenty two million followers. This was a big flaw in the Buchanan campaigns and the Ron Paul campaigns. Buchanan didn't have the internet very well developed in 1996. It was almost non-existent in 2000. Ron Paul had it, but his campaign people like Jesse Ben still treated the media as if they were objective. Oh, thank you for coming, CBS. No, Trump is doing it right. He's saying, and I'm not just seeking heroes. I'm just saying he's doing it right. He's calling the media every day. They're they're lying. They're such liars. The media has to be discredited through social media, the old media, the big media, the five networks. They have to be discredited and not just assume that we got to take it, that they're going to be treasonous and 
liberal and, and dishonest for the rest of our lives, and we got to deal with that. No, let's bring them down. Let's destroy their credibility. We get an honest vote count. I have a feeling social media has already taken over the big media. Got to get that honest vote count. And, Robert, I'll throw it over to you. Okay, well, then, uh, yeah, let's definitely uh, do that and, uh, maybe, you know, get things over social media. Hopefully that will, t- you know, take over because uh, it's, it's, it's real hard for them to, well, they do try to censor it. We all know that. And that's another topic for another day. But we do have uh, upcoming shows. And next week uh, we will have on the show uh, Charles, Dr. Charles Tolbert, uh, who is a write-in candidate for Senate in the Florida, U.S. Senate in Florida. He'll be on the show, and uh, he'll be talking about one of the things he's working uh, on, and that is, uh, in part, Islam's plan to fulfill Muhammad's prophecy, starting with the conquering of Constantinople, then Rome, and the West by immigration. And we'll be talking about that in part next week as well as other things. Uh, So looking forward to that. And then also, speaking of uh, the Bards Logic Bible Hour, I am working on getting um, a gentleman on by the name of Arno Froch, and he wrote the book, How Democracy Will Elect the Antichrist. And so we're working on getting him on the show. I just figured that would be something that uh, could be of interest uh, to the listeners, and including uh, some of the panels we have here. And so uh, hopefully the week after next we'll have him on. But I do have a call in to him. I'm just waiting for him to call me back. And so I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is by the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So see you next time, folks. Thanks, everyone, for coming in. And, of course, definitely share that link uh, on your social media and email. And thank you very much. Take care. And as we say, good night. Good night. Good night. Mm-hmm.